Hikshua Pinky, Wonky Jabba. Uh, greetings. The mighty Jabba wishes everybody a glorious May the 4th. We salute Chef Bejabu Makbadasulus. Oh my. Any who do not return this sentiment shall be thrown into the almighty Makbad. Waba Miki Unadufu Grandioha Unfwana. And shall be made to listen to nerds babble about Star Wars for the next thousand years. Oh dear. Ho 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 Welcome. Uh, happy May the 4th to all who celebrate, and to those who don't, happy Friday. You liked the intro that I recorded for the episode. Oh man, it's so funny. It's just perfect. If you want to know how cool I am, I spent last Friday night uh, translating uh, that greeting into Hutties. Oh, okay, right. There's a dictionary online, and most of the words that I needed were there. A few I had to fudge, you know, they didn't have a word for muckpod for some reason. I guess uh, I guess there was no muck putty in a galaxy uh, far away. It sounds like it could be a planet or something. It really does. Um, we're coming to you probably a few days after May the Fourth, but uh, this is a big episode for us. Yeah, yeah, we a uh, bit of a different episode this time. Um, it's a Star Wars special. Yeah, uh, it's more of a smorgasbord than a straightforward interview, like most of our episodes. Absolutely, it, it turns out that um, everybody, well, a lot of people in muck putty have a take on Star Wars. Yeah, uh, unlike Star Trek. Unlike Star Trek, where it was you and me. Exactly. Well, that's why I like it, really. Um, (laughs) So we had a lot of short chats with as many different people from around the studio and the country about all different aspects of uh, Star Wars and all the shapes that Star Wars has taken over the years. Well, that's right. I mean, it turns out everybody comes to Star Wars differently. It's a, a series that's been on for, what, 40 years or more. So exactly all the way along, uh, people discover Star Wars in a different way, and and so have a different, a differenting, differencing opinions of Star Wars. Sure, <laughs> does that work? <laughs> We've all got differencing opinions. <laughs> um, well, I'll give a little rundown of uh, the show segments for everybody. Okay. Uh, of course, it wouldn't be a Star Wars episode without Mike uh, offering us his highly conditional and selective love of Star Wars. Absolutely. Uh, ben Gilbert, or Gilby, uh, phones in to sh- uh, talk about his toy collection and his all-encompassing appreciation of the series. Absolutely. Uh, Alan and Dane discuss some of the forgotten media, like Saturday morning cartoons, uh, direct-to-video films, and the quite unbelievable holiday special. Uh Alexander Sakowski gives us a broader view of Star Wars uh, and its place in sci-fi and what the war in Star Wars says. Mm. Uh, Tim and Doug joined us uh, for a defense of Ryan Johnson and the unfairly maligned Last Jedi. Yep, yep, that's a good. It was a good chat. Diego talks about watching uh, Star Wars for the first time. You know these films from the seventies and eighties in twenty twenty. What yeah, is that like? Yeah, very interesting take. Uh, and Ryan and Alex gush with us about the gorgeous 2D animated Clone Wars shorts by uh, famous animation director Gendy Tartakovsky. And Becky and Lanny uh, talk with us with about their unlikely and quite unhappy connection to the franchise. And, you know, in the interest of balance, I think it was worth talking with some people who aren't in love with Star Wars. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, 
what we're going to do is we'll include time codes uh, in the episode description. So if there's a particular segment that piques your interest, uh, you can find that easily. Okay, yeah, it's a good idea. Everybody had more to say than we could use in an episode. Uh, so we included everything that we could. If we put in everything that everybody recorded with us, it would be four hours and unlistenable. Uh, so there may not always be the most natural segues in and out of segments, but sure. I hope you'll forgive us. Yeah, we had a, a really good time recording all these uh, conversations over what? It was about the space of a week, uh, give or take. Yeah, something like that. It was a fun build-up to uh, to the big day. Not that anything happens for me on May the 4th, but... Uh, yeah, it was funny. By the time May the 4th came along, I was a little bit Star wars out. <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the whole thing, it was probably the best May the 4th I've had because we did so much Star Wars talking. But, um, yeah. but by the time the date had come, yeah. We get it. We're done, yeah. <laughs> With that, let's jump into our first interview. Okay, sounds good. Here we go. Here comes Mike. All right, here we are with Mike. The the minute that we knew we were going to do a May the 4th episode, we knew we had to talk to Mike. Yeah. Of all the people at the studio, Mike is probably the most famous or infamous yeah. Star Wars fan <laughs> that we have around. Uh, Mike, you have what I think could fairly be described as a love-hate relationship with Star Wars. So why don't you walk us through how you came to Star Wars? Well, I'll first summarize by saying I love Star Wars. Yes. I will say the designs and music in Star Wars are good throughout. throughout. Mm. So I can be fine with that. I just have a problem with the prequels as a missed opportunity and the sequels as a missed opportunity. That's so your, your Star Wars is the... Um the original trilogy then is the introduction to my star wars i think was a lot of vhs tapes when i was younger and then in 1997 the special editions came out in theater so mm. i was about 11 12 and i could go see those films in the theater and you'd already seen them on vhs at this yeah. stage but it was the advent of going to the pictures to see them yeah i can't remember not seeing them without those special edition things now um and watching that, I always see that fucking CGI job of the hut. Oh, yeah, that's all. That's the worst part about those. They right? just They're, kept putting on the trailers. Yeah, I know because it was like it was this whole new scene that hadn't that that wasn't in the original uh, versions of Star Wars. But there is quite a lot in those special editions that is an improvement mm-hmm. yep. on what came before. I will say that um, my favorite version of Star Wars is a fan cut. Call, it's called Edwin's Cut. It's what the special editions should have been. Oh. So it's been updated, color graded, and all that stuff, and kept in some of the CGI shots, but not like the Jabba scene superfluous anyway, because. The same Gre- conversation Greedo with Greedo, says yeah. The same thing, and he dropped his shipment, and Jabba's going to take his ship, and then he goes to Jabba, and Jabba says, You dropped your shipment. I'm yeah. going to take your ship. If you're sending someone, Hey, go collect my money for me. By the way, I'm going to come with you and wait outside while you do it. That's called micromanaging, Jabba, and we're not here for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I saw them in the theaters, which was an exper- experience. Like, I got, I'm happy to say that I saw Lord of the Rings and The Matrix in theaters, which I think are uh, sort of tentpole movies mm-hmm. to have seen and be like, 
what was it like seeing that in the in the cinema? Experiencing them at the time yeah. that they're new, and the zeitgeist is going, "Whoa, this is something new." But I remember experiencing that for the first time. Like Star Wars had gone away for a very long time, but when the Phantom Menace came out, and and when the words Lucasfilm came on screen for the first time, the cinema erupted in applause, and it felt really good. Like it it, it did feel like. What is that what feeling? What is that uh, feeling? I don't know. Like it's, it, when I was a kid, um, New Hope was just called Star Wars. But then once they started bringing out like uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and we started to notice, hey, these aren't episodes one and two; they're episodes four, five, and six. And people started saying, "You're just kids," and and you know the other kid on the block, like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna make episode one, two, and three. You don't actually think it's gonna happen? This is just you're dreaming. You know, kids it's are over. making that up. Yeah, yeah, it's done. And so. To actually, for it to actually happen was an amazing feeling. So it was a childhood dream come true. Yeah. So your dislike of the prequels wasn't instantaneous upon seeing. I remember hating Jar Jar Binks as everyone did, but uh, I remember writing an essay saying I didn't like it. But then, like, I got to go to the premieres of uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith because my friend used to work in the radio. And she would get me tickets for that. Awesome. So I'd be with all the celebrities like Jay LaGaia. You remember him? Jay Lagaya, he's uh, you making that up? No, no. Jay Lagaya is that a Star Wars character? <laughs> no. Jay Lagaya was the Queen's handmaiden. He took over for Captain Panaka in uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, okay. He he is a Star Wars character. But Jay Lagaya was at the Revenge of the Sith premiere, and he played uh, played a little ukulele and got everyone to sing. My, my, this here Anakin guy. Maybe uh, Vader someday later, but he's just a small fry. Everyone was saying that. It was celebrities and all these Shortland Street people, and they had uh, stormtroopers up the stairs as you would, you know, 501st members up the stairs mm-hmm. as you would walk to the theater. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I wish I could have one of those suits. Now I do. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Uh, your Star Wars costumes are very impressive to say the very least you've got a stormtrooper one and uh you've also got a mandalorian episode one slash episode two because i got a, a pauldron that you can remove mm. well, that's and also some- what we were saying earlier on with the mandalorian there's no war yeah, right? the it's peace times yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I do like that idea in the extended law they always had um the remnant the storm the imperials were called the remnant which i really loved this this group of almost uh, almost switching it up and they become the freedom fighters the the empire's shattered and you get all these sort of um rogue factions and they're actually fighting each other in space and in in some of the lore they paint their star destroyers different colors and put like different okay so this is in the expanded universe it's it's that muddy waters of (laughs) uh eu extended universe but not not original oc canon i guess because they had this they had before the prequels came out they had years and years of their own stories novels and graphic uh tie-ins and games uh yeah and games like the jedi outcast series and stuff but you know people some people are like oh that other stuff was good not all of it was good some of it was rubbish it's hard to know what is (laughs) what's good enough to be canon well it's interesting that star wars has not gone down the route of uh, the very successful Marvel franchise, which they also own, where those sort of take the parts that people like or the most iconic bits of uh, the superhero that they're adapting. Um, bits of those stories turn those into the movies, uh, but it is kind of its own thing. 
Whereas they didn't take that route for Star Wars. They're like, we are scrapping all of that expanded universe stuff and we are solely making up our original story. It seems like story. it seems like now that they are sort of cherry picking favorite parts now the introduction of this blue character named uh, grand admiral thrawn uh, yes. in the rebels series he uh, rebels the cartoon has is, is sort of a prequel to um, a new hope and that introduced a character named grand admiral thrawn who's a blue chiss a chiss is a, a an alien race blue and um blue with red eyes hmm. the empire is not known for hiring aliens or they, they're pretty speciesist and they don't mm. like aliens so you don't really see any Imperials being aliens and and this character was handpicked by the Emperor wears a white Admiral's uniform blue like either Christian Bale or Benedict Cumberbatch in blue face paint you know would look really cool right. sort of monotone very calculated I will lure the rebels into my ploy and, and he's always like really cool and setting up these traps like I was one step ahead of you and he has these really cool um moments and he was in the Thrawn trilogy which is a series of books which took place after the original trilogy okay and so but he, now he's, he's been cherry-picked and brought back to rebels and now he's disappeared because in rebels he, he at the end he gets flung off into hyperspace and we don't hear from him again so he's probably going to come back i was going to say do yeah. you think he's going to be grandfathered into the live action stuff i ever think i think so because in Mandalorian season two, Ahsoka Tano, the mm-hmm. the Jedi with the white lightsabers. She says, you know, she holds this lady to lightsaber knife point and is like, "Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" That's my Ahsoka oh, she na- Tano. Well done. So she does name drop him. Yep. She oh, does there you name go. Drop him. So I think he's going to come into. Oh, it. that's okay. That's something to look forward to. So you. He was a good character, and yeah. I think he was really cool, and, and I think and, cherry and, picking him. Did you connect with him in the Rebels series, or did you read the books and connect no, with him I, there? No, you say I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I haven't really read a lot of the... I read the, the, the comics and played a lot of the video games mm. and read the Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. The, the best line. Is there a Star Trek one? There is. Oh, we discussed... Can you push the button? Oh, sure. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Just for you. Okay. There is a Star Trek wiki. We've said we agree. It doesn't, like many things, it doesn't have as good branding as Star Wars. It's the uh, Memory Alpha, which is the computer database like, on dude, the Star uh, Star Trek Enterprise. As a, as a long-time Star Trek fan, I have no idea what that reference is to. Like, I didn't, I'd never heard of it. No. Wikipedia, okay. you know what it is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Wikipedia was great. Um, so I spent a lot of my teenage years just trawling through Wikipedia, making links reading the short blurbs of the books so i can say I'm, and I, I i guess i know what i like in star wars and i know what works from working in the film industry and animation industry and knowing how stories come together and what works and what doesn't so i it's that it's that age-old debate of um what is it opinion and objective fact i always get into these arguments it's mm-hmm. like from my opinion the, these films were good but i'm like they're objectively bad films because of these reasons this was filmed it's like if you if you point a camera at the ground and you're supposed to be filming a person you've objectively failed that shot so you can say that without a matter with no doubt that you have failed to shoot that person because you didn't use the principles of the camera correctly so i'm trying to always trying to talk to people about you know and I hate I hate saying that, but I've been in the industry for this year, and this is why it doesn't work. And it's like, 
I feel like I'm just being but an idiot. I, I get what you're saying. You've been in the animation industry a while, and animation is a storytelling medium, just like live-action filmmaking. So you've picked up a lot of uh, tips and know-how, practical knowledge of how to tell a story effectively, mm-hmm. uh, which informs you know why you think that some of the stuff that you don't like is not effectively told. I'd say I would say missed opportunities. A lot of people are like, oh, the Clone Wars TV show is really good now, and I'm like, yeah, it, it, it it's it's done a serviceable job of, at putting a band aid on a huge gash, rehabilitating <laughs> the image of the prequels, yeah, right? Yeah, but the the Clone Wars shouldn't have been clone stormtroopers. The stormtroopers should have always been men and women tricked into fighting for what they thought was a worthy cause by an, a, a mental emperor who mm. was. Well, a propaganda machine, yeah, right? Propaganda He's a machine, propaganda, yeah. yeah. He, sh- he should be like, the clones should have been some alien race that multiplied en masse and was taken over the galaxy. And you could have the bloody, what's his name, Emperor saying he created them if you wanted to do all that. But this giant alien race starts spreading around the galaxy. And how are you going to fight them? So uh, maybe they attack the capital and, and shake the world and, uh, into almost like, a, I don't want to say like a... A terrorist attack on on their home world, which causes people to fear, and then this guy rises up and says, "Don't fear." Yeah, it gives him the Fight power. Fight for my mm. empire. Join my stormtroopers, and everyone's like rallying, and he's hiring men and women to fight, and that's why all the empire in the original trilogy aren't Timura Morrison clones. They're all people. Right. They're yeah. all. They're not clones. They're they're people who thought this is a good job. So when Luke blows <laughs> blows up the Death Star, you're like, "Oh, a lot of people." <laughs> oh no. So I guess if you make them nameless bad guys or photocopy people you can get away with luke killing all those yeah i guess that's probably what he was trying to do it was like because because there was the, the the whole kevin smith thing wasn't there about yeah. what about the people working there i'm surprised that there wasn't in the special editions luke going as they're flying there uh, red leader have you told everyone on the death star janitorial service and maintenance <laughs> workers to leave that day yes i have good it's all good we could blow it up the janitorial staff have all left in our moment of triumph <laughs> so mate you have a lot of ideas of what could have been because you you talk about missed opportunities have you ever thought about doing in some form uh star wars fan fiction about what you think it could have been i know that some people have gone down i that don't route. think i'm that strong of a writer i can rent the only way I thought it has crossed my mind, the only thought way I thought it could potentially be redone or made is, or how I'd like to make it, is in animation. I think animation is a good form to, one, you can draw a character looking similar to something that you remember. And sure. you, don't, you don't need the, an aged actor to be de-aged. You can mm. just draw them and create a style around it, which is nice, and get a voice actor to sound similar. Um, again, it's that uh, we're talking about it today. Uh, uh, rampant negativity on the YouTube, which I'm, I guess I'm very part of. My favorite emoticon on Slack is the thumbs down. Whenever I see a <laughs> thumbs down, I don't have to look and see who put it there. Yeah. So, but Mike's just being honest about I don't like this. You know, there is such a thing which we've talked about. I think toxic positivity of mandatory enjoyment, and if you don't like something, then you aren't supposed to say why. But you know. Uh, saying why you don't like something can be as constructive as why you like the thing that you like, yeah. you know? I don't like, I guess I don't like having better ideas. I like everyone who's in a position of power to make all these million dollar films to have better ideas than me. Mm-hmm. So when I see it, I was like, wow, I couldn't have done that. Um, it's like when I watched the Christopher Nolan, the Joker, and he did all his jokery things and did that pencil thing. I was like, I, I, like, I couldn't have thought of that in my wildest dream. Some of those moments, 
and it's, it's almost like when you're an adult you realize that everyone else is adults and they can be fallible and you know i expect all politicians and elderly people to be smarter than me Ooh, <laughs> and they, yeah. Yeah. big mistake <laughs> but because they're there and, and then these people who are above us they must be there for a reason. See, I've, I've started doing the opposite. I think about the fact that these people were all children sometimes, and this is just the person that child has grown into. It's everyone's first time at life. Yeah. But yes, back to your question was, I would see it being done in animation and the, the YouTube channels that I mentioned, Belated Media and Red Letter Media, they both have examples of these type of things being done. And Belated Media actually did a three episode, episode one, two, and three, treatment basically saying if george lucas gave them his first draft and he had to rewrite it so like they didn't really change anything they said we've got this rewrite we have to keep it so we're keeping clones Mm. we're keeping this but how can we make it a more cohesive and better story changing naboo to alderaan was a good one good mm-hmm. no whole uh, jesus sort of messiah chosen thing. one stuff uh, yeah like, yeah it was yeah. never people like it was always it's like look at the original trilogy and there's no bloody there's no bloody mention of this the prophecy, you know, prophecy. somebody i was listening to said it uh the prequels made star wars feel like a neighborhood not like a galaxy like they were so intent on bringing everything back mm. to remember tatooine remember c-3po all these familiar faces Jesus Christ, the idea that darth vader made c-3po i know I don't like, get me started on that um yeah. i think I, I can't remember i, I trailed off i went belated media made uh, a treatment of if the if the prequels were good and they actually did storyboards and like partial animatics for it so while he's narrating his story there's cinematics story and they're pretty good yeah. uh, you know there's some things that are not the best but it's it's really good it's much better than the prequels and i'm like cool that'd be great the jedi aren't wearing robes they're wearing armor and they're like knights of old it's great um and i actually got in contact with the guy with who did the belated media thing i emailed him and i said hey i'm an animator da, 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 da. um this is my portfolio and stuff um, I see that you did storyboards and stuff. Have you ever considered making this into an animated production? And we had a bit of back and forth emails about, yeah, it takes a while to, you know, and money, obviously. Mm. And and they said they've got them. They wanted to, but they've moved on to other projects now. But I thought I would at least try and, um, you know, sometimes you get some nipping in your brain. You need something to sort of... I, I did my email. I typed it. I sent off and he responded. And I felt like that part was... Oh, at least I tried, or yeah. at least mm. at least it. I have tricked myself into thinking that I could have gone in that direction. Yeah. So anyway, just before we we wrap it up, what is your favorite bit of Star Wars? I think I know the answer. It's the original trilogy, surely. No, but uh, yeah, he's talking what, about a specific what in, scene. What in what, the original what trilogy go, do you just go and still go back to and go? I just fucking love this bit. I always loved the. Uh, Bespin duel with Luke and Vader. I think him rushing off to save his friends and just fighting somebody who is toying with him at best. Mm. And I think there's a sequence where, where Luke just taps Vader, like, oh, I got you. And he just goes, just decides to cut off his hand. It's like, yeah. it's like, ah, it's like some guy who's like, you're play fighting with your, your big brother, and then he, he gets a good sock on you, like, and then you just make your kid cry. My favorite vehicle of Star Wars is the ATAT walkers, the big mm. four legged walkers. Yep. And the Hoth battle was definitely one of my favorites. Um, just the look of it. To this day, look incredible. The stop motion work by uh, Phil Tippett and his team, they are just incredible. That's my first memory. I, I do remember being brought to a, like a double feature 
Um, now we we'd missed Star Wars, so okay. we just came into the second half of the double feature. And and back in the days when people were allowed to smoke in the cinema, yeah, right. Goodness so, gracious! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was kind of cool because you could see the like the wisps of smoke, and you could in, see in, the projections in the projection. Yeah, through, yeah, yeah. But we walked in, you know, just as the. Uh, AT the Atats were coming across the AT-AT. snow. ATAT, the all terrain attack say, tanks. Uh, armored, uh, all terrain armored trains. Okay, okay. Well, you don't say ATST. Yeah, yeah, ATST right, chicken right. walkers, you say ATST. We've got to plug in our uh, Hidmai cord. Yeah. Our Uzb cord. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We called them Atats back in the, in the olden days. Well, you're allowed to be wrong. Yeah, well, we, we, <laughs> it was the olden days, <laughs> yeah. right? That's what they were called. Smoking is also a mistake. But please but, continue. But it was it was that <laughs> it was that scene that that uh, you know I remember like the and the sound of being in a cinema and all that like like this just stuck with me forever. Um, and now I already like Star Wars because I like uh, uh, like I say I, like I had seen the other one in the cinema. I just don't remember that event. Um, it was it was the the hoth battle and like i can say even though i'm ragging on the prequels and a lot of that stuff sound design music mm. and designs except for maybe dexter De- jetster or or jar jar Binks, some of the designs and they've all got talented artists and people working on them who want to do the best for their craft so you can sort of i guess sometimes if, if there's just an audio music track of star wars and sound effects with no dialogue or context to it then it's a fun thing to watch, and, and I love the. I've got so many of the Star Wars board games because I love the universe so much. I play uh, the video games that uh, I like. I'm, uh, I've got you know Knights of the Old Republic, Jedi Outcast, um, to the Jedi Academies, the Dark Forces series. I really I love those. Um, the board games allow me to create my own stories, and, and there's a campaign board game that I have where you get to pick four heroes, your own heroes, and get to go through your own stories. And now, are they heroes that I would have seen in the movies? No, or? they're not. It's that balance. Sometimes, some people, you know, kids want to pretend to be Han Solo and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in this game, you pick your own heroes. You know, somebody who's reminiscent of maybe Han Solo, like a lady smuggler who's similar, or uh, a, ro- a robot that you can play as a robot or a sort of an exiled Jedi that doesn't have their lightsaber and is looking for it. And you can play along these little stories where you fight stormtroopers and stuff and you feel like you're part of um, a rebellion and you're making your own emergent stories. And board games have the rules of... The rules as written are the embedded narrative, how you're going to play it. The emergent narrative is what you do with those mm. moments and how you create them. And I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing a good thing for Star Wars. Dave Filoni was he, he was heavily involved in the the, the cartoons, the cartoons, yeah. and he made some good choices. And he, the the Inquisitors are one of the things I don't really like. Inquisitors are basically expendable red lightsaber wielding dudes that the heroes can beat up. Okay, because we're going we're going to be getting those in. Yeah, in you need Kenobi. to have a red lightsaber wielding baddie. Right, whereas, that's the bad color. Yeah, mm. that's the bad color. Whereas. Um, I never really liked the Inquisitors. I always thought it should be Vader hunting them down. Mm. It always felt to me like Vader was a special a special person. He was like the first bad Jedi, almost. Like, he, he, he still sort of wore the armor and the garb of a Jedi. He just changed his lightsaber color, you know, mm. to be more generically bad for audiences to recognize. But mm. I imagine that he was... There wasn't, like, thousands of these guys around, you know. And I always imagine them only being like twelve of them. How many were in the Knights of the Round Table? 
Uh, was it 12? Uh, seven? Okay. I'm yeah. guessing. I always imagine that's how many Jedi there were. Yeah. Uh, knights, they, and they would be, you know, they put it upon themselves to help people. And it was like, you know, Yoda's almost like the King Arthur or something. He, the Merlin. Oh, the Merlin. Yeah, that's right. That's probably a better um, analogy. Um, and then imagine one of the knights of the round table went bad. And, mm. and he killed all the rest of the knights. And one of them had to run away. And him and Merlin had to... Uh, Whoever yeah. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan would be Lancelot, yeah. maybe? I don't know. Sure. I don't know their stories that well. But maybe they run away, and then mm. I think the lightsaber should be like the revolver or the samurai sword used sparingly. Mm. Part of what, as a kid, made the lightsaber not special to me is that I would see on TV these ads for scenes from Attack of the Clones where here's a crowd full of people with lightsabers just swinging and bandying about like nobody's business i'm like well everyone's got one who cares yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's something that i always just imagine it's like that i really like that ronin idea of a wandering samurai and i just imagine what the um knights of the round table after their their philosophy was disbanded because one of them went bad and smashed their table their round table and he broke it and they took over and then the rest just had to wander the wilderness and they would still help people occasionally, but they didn't want to expose themselves. Mm. So I, hopefully this is what that Obi-Wan show mm. that's coming out might be like that. Uh, Ewan mm. McGregor, I thought, was perfect for that. Mm. I, I also was a big fan of Dark Maul. Yeah. Like, like I, I got to say... Um, he's a, he's a cool-looking design, yeah. and having Darth Maul as the main villain throughout all three mm. would have been great. And yeah. speaking of that section of Phantom Menace, uh, John Williams knows how to write an exciting tune... I get excited when I hear yeah, Duel of Dune the of the Fates is like it's the best Star Wars music. It's very different from like the no- usual Star Wars themes. Yep. Whoa, it whoa, almost whoa, whoa, whoa. It Imperial almost, March is the best. <laughs> it, no, well, uh, yeah. Binary Suns is probably the best. Uh, but we're talking about the music anyway. The Mandalorian, not John Williams, mm. but still very good. Still got some mm. good little tunes to it. Yeah. But I think that's because they're taking the inspiration from. Uh, western and, mm. and old but um yeah uh i enjoy yeah i enjoy lots of aspects of it i just have this little ah they could be better and mm. unfortunately the prequels and sequels are going to be around forever uh, watching the mandalorian with uh when we did our mando mondays mando mondays with nandos mando nando mondays that we had which was great um which we can do again when the mandalorian season three maybe oh, we got to think of one for obi-wan obi-wan wednesdays there we go there we go and we we did boba fett fridays for a bit with boba t very yeah. nice obi-wan wednesday uh yeah when watching mandalorian on mando mondays i had a i had an animator in the studio who hadn't seen prequels or sequels right only original trilogy i was just watching him watch this cool new character being introduced and he was like wow that's really cool and then seeing boba fett's ship drop the seismic charge he got to see boba fett launch a seismic charge and hear that mm. add that sound in three mm-hmm. two one add that yeah and, and he got to hear that for the first time and be like wow that's cool yeah and i remember reading a comment on youtube somebody's like Oh, I feel sorry for the people who haven't seen that episode two to know where that seismic charge came from. I was like, and I had Save to, I your had to, pity. I had to keyboard warrior that. And what does it? What does it add to know that it's been used before? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's like I literally cried when I saw the Falcon. I was like, <laughs> I need to backtrack a little bit by saying. Um, you're allowed to cry at things. We're but. not. We're not talking about like having an emotional reaction, but it's that weird response where it's not to do with the story being told it's just iconography just i remember that 
I'm connecting with the feeling that I used to have with it. I guess, yeah, I guess the trailer moments, but like seeing, I guess seeing Luke return and seeing him do all, I guess some people were displeased with um, The Last Jedi portrayal of him, which I thought was actually quite interesting. Which is better than just being a, you know, people change. Mm. Everyone Mm. changes. You change every 10 years. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was the most interesting. But again, in The Last Jedi, they they tried to subvert it. Here, Ray joined the dark side. No. Mm. You know, they could have joined together and, well, not the dark side. It's like, hey, join me. We'll yeah, build, yeah. A bit, build a better world. Yeah. Or something uh, that he says. And she should have, they could either hold on that and, and yeah. cut the movie, or she says, yeah, let's build it. And then you've got a whole, you've never done yeah. that before. Right. Yeah. yeah. Build, it's not bad. It's not good. It's, let's try and weave a better yeah. world. Who knows where this yeah. third one is going to go? I still hate them all, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any, is there anything you want to leave us off with? Is there anything you're looking forward to? It's good Star Wars. I'm looking forward to Mandalorian Season 3. I'm looking forward to Obi-Wan and just playing some more Star Wars board games. And I, I, and, and I love the playing Star Wars board games. It's great because I can relive those little places and stories. And There's yeah. still plenty of fun to be had mm. in that sandbox. Yeah, absolutely, I think. And I'm also looking for the final uh, the fan, the final Return of the Jedi fan cut. The, the Adwin guy that I was talking about before, he's only done... Uh, a New Hope and Empire. He's still collecting funds for Return of the Jedi. And the love for Star Wars continues. In a chat to animator Ben Gilbert from Australia, who's going to talk about the movies, the toys, the comics, the whole lot. Uh, so I guess for me, it kind of started mainly with the... Um, probably video games and toys uh so like i'm 35 so yeah i we had the original nintendo and uh we had star wars on it and because i got two older sisters so my elder sister is nine years above me um so she already kind of knew what it was and i guess probably got me into it so it was like video games toys and then i saw like the re-release at the cinemas um when they did the special edition um but we always had like return of the jedi i think was the one that we had recorded off tv yeah um so like i i knew about it but yeah games and toys was like my entry point yeah so like it kind of started there and then watched the movies and the prequels when I was in high school, I think year seven is when the right. Phantom Menace came out. And then, um, yeah. And you were a fan of the prequels even in the day? Um, at the time, yeah, because it was new Star Wars. So yeah. it was like lightsabers and, and that, stuff we'd never seen we before. Just seeing a new Star Wars film on the cinema was worth the price of admission, regardless yeah. of the movie. Yeah, went through the whole prequel era, went through all the whole prequel hatred era Um, where do you you fall on them now i think on the films on paper uh i do like um i think some of the best stuff that has come out after the prequels is because of the prequels uh like i actually one of the best things about covid is i actually got a chance to go through the whole of the clone wars Ah. and um i realized how fantastic that is um and seeing like ahsoka and like the the brotherhood between like obi-wan and anakin so that was really cool. so that finally we finally do get to see them being very good friends yeah exactly exactly everything right. that obi-wan talked about in the original film you kind of see that through the animated stuff um yeah look i'm fine with the prequels i had this up and down thing with the prequels where i was a little i liked them but i was a little disappointed um, and yeah. then um, I didn't like them. 
But then I didn't like them so much. I loved them. There's some garbage in there, but I think that kind of adds to the charm of it. Like, I reckon the prequels, like, go online and it, it's just a meme fest yeah, from, from I know. the prequel. I, I, so, really, like, I do genuinely appreciate the memes that uh, people yeah. make just playing and having fun with those films. They're funny. Like, exactly. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's it. Like, I know it's sort of lame, but, like, George Lucas does say they are for, they're for kids. They're yep. family movies. So you, you can't go into them taking them too seriously uh you just got to go into it and find bits to enjoy it you know i find it interesting the way that now star wars um that i think that disney is taking the approach of like we're acknowledging all of it like the mandalorian obviously takes place after the original trilogy the 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 way that they're making the film with lots of practical effects and animatronics and puppets is paying homage to that but they're they reference all the things that happened in the prequels they're like for better or worse Mm. this is now part of our history and let's do something with it yeah yeah exactly i think they realize that all the people that are actually paying their their money with subscriptions now are the people that grew up with the prequels yeah so they have to acknowledge that sort of stuff and then there's some really good stuff in there like you know you can you can sort of like pay out on jar jar and 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 some of the the really crappy things in the prequels but you know, there's Jar-Jar some good stuff the in there. Jar Jar wasn't. No, he was. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to admit wasn't. though, right? When the when the trailer for Kenobi dropped, like mm. a couple of weeks ago, and that Jewel mm. of the Fate song came on. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, yep. like that felt amazing. I mean, I always say yep. that, like, and I think I've said it on this podcast, so forgive me for repeating, but Star Wars trailer day is always the most exciting day because even if the movie doesn't work out as epic as you hoped. The trailer is always going to oh. give me goosebumps because you can't go past exactly. any of John Williams' music and Absolutely. the yeah. iconography, the vistas. Every every time they've got an amazing new vista for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm in it for the vistas. I got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The vistas are in like a little tiny spaceship in the background. <laughs> give me yeah. it all, right? And, uh, exactly. And Ewan McGregor was, I think, the most charismatic actor in that in, in series. The prequels, yeah. So I was excited to see them do something with. Uh, his character, yep. even if it means going back to Tatooine for the what a hundred millionth time, yeah. they, they need to bring out a series where it does actually do that thing. Like, remember with um, uh, Cobra Kai, there was, the, there was yeah. the YouTube thing where they said that hey, Johnny in, in Karate Kid was actually the victim, right? <laughs> and you know, there's that YouTube thing where it says, um, wouldn't it be great if it turned out that Jar Jar was actually the Phantom Menace? Like, they should do that. <laughs> I want to see an evil Jar Jar. How are you going to take I, him seriously yeah. talking the way that he does? He's putting it on. He's the Phantom Menace. Well, right. actually, that would be fun. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, okay, bye-bye. I must I hope, I hope that <laughs> Simon yeah. never gets control of, of any of these Disney Plus shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not getting control of the Star Wars. Actually, let's talk about um, current Disney Star Wars. Mm. Uh, Mandalorian. How do yes, you feel about big that? Fan. Big yeah, fan, big right? Fan. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really good. It is nice to to think that the guys who are making the that Star Wars are going to sort of tackle the prequels now with with the yeah. Obi Wan show. Exactly. I I think that um with Mando, you can tell that the everyone that is on board with Mandalorian just loves Star Wars, and they kind of they take the good with the bad, and they know what works. Um, it, it kind of just feels like a big fan film with a budget. Absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, I think that Mando is easily, like, if you want to call it the Disney era, I think Mando is probably the best thing out of the, the Disney era of Star Wars. I'm really certainly back. I just found it 
worth noting that like your entry to Star Wars was not the films. Yeah. Because for some no. people, for a lot of people, it's just all about the movies. But for you, you got into it through the video games and the toys. So really, it's for you, I guess. Would you say it's more about just the universe, the world? Yeah, I think probably the visuals is what sort of attracted me more than anything. Because you know, in in the game. You're basically following the plot of the first A New Hope, anyway. Um, so, like, you know, we're talking about like eight-bit kind of graphics. So, yeah. like, it's really just the idea of like you know, spaceships and, and laser swords and blasters and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I didn't really know the story of Star Wars playing the game. It was yeah, just, we, <laughs> and we've talked about that with other people about how. Uh, you know, the original series of Star Wars was such a great jumping-off point for kids to use their imagination because mm. you see this great iconography on the posters or in the toys or on the box of your video game, then the video game doesn't have all the, all the graphics to render it, you know, as realistically. So you've got to use the old brain to make this thing come to life and come up yeah. with your own story. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like what I did with my toys as well. Like, I'm obviously, you know, not everyone can see it, but you guys can see my collection. That was kind of like what I had back in the day, but they were the like, I think they were the, um, oh, is it like Power of the Force yes. figures are the ones that they re-released? Yeah, yeah, so Luke is like real buff. He's like, he's like yeah. He-Man. Just so, like yeah. in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Marvel comics that they released around the time of the original trilogy, like they're also used to drawing, you know, Marvel superheroes that they don't know how to draw any men who aren't ripped. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Twink Luke is just going to punch a hole through Darth Vader's head with his bicep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, the toys were great. So uh, that, that was probably what kind of really attracted me more than the game. Um, it's just like, oh, my God, it's like a slew of figures. So I was just like, I had to have more. So. Yeah. We kind of wonder, is that why like, Sorry, uh, Star Wars fans can be so like possessive of star wars is because like like playing with the toys is a massive part of it and we fill in the gaps of the story mm. playing with our toys and then when the movies don't match our <laughs> our like you know head what cannon. mike calls head cannon yeah um some people get upset yes they do look at the last jedi that's that's all you need to look at really hey, folks got that real is- upset over that eh yeah, and that's, that's the thing that, like, like <laughs> I think I mentioned this before, is like with the Disney era, like Rogue One. No one talks about mm. Rogue One, and that's a great movie. Yeah, massively underrated movie. Yeah, beautiful, um, beautiful looking, and like the action is <clears throat> super exciting. And I even, yeah. I even heard the guy, who, what's his name, Garth Edwards, is it, who directed it, mm-hmm. and he, he even talked about it's playing with other people's toys. Uh, yeah, look, the whole Disney era. Um, I don't know. I think we're just living in that age where, look, I'm sure there's a lot of people that just don't like it and, and they're entitled to that. But, you know, we're living in this time where it's just cool to hate on everything. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you, you're not going to see all these articles praising how good's Rogue One. They're going to be like, I'm you know, behind the scenes, you know, problems and like, you yeah. know, people walking off well, sad. And it's just like, that's, that's what gets the clicks. I think, so, yeah, that's I think true. that's it. The, yeah. On social media, negativity uh, creates more engagement. That's yeah. kind of a bad Yeah. Online stuff kind of, I lost it when they, like, there was a lot of guys who just constantly just went for Kathleen Kennedy. And yeah. I, I just well, I wasn't on board with that because, like, her name has been on so many movies that I love. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. And you're not in the office with them. You don't know. And, you know, so. 
the, the, the point when I realized that online fans of Star Wars uh, had, got, had completely lost the plot was when they started a petition for Disney to remake The Last Jedi. <laughs> like, they were like, we demand that you do this film again, but better. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? You, you guys are living in a fantasy land if you think that Disney is going to do that just to please you. Like, Disney wants to please the, as wide a market as possible. And I think they've done that. Yeah. Uh, but these online fans are like, no, they work for me personally. <laughs> yeah. But even if they made them exactly like that, like a Star Wars fan is its best friend and its worst enemy. Like people, people who love Star Wars love to hate Star Wars as well. Yeah. So well, like, I, I, it doesn't I, matter I, what they do. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. do love when people when it's done well, like the Mister Plinkett stuff. The remember he did the, his review of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And he he makes some good points and he. And he does tear that movie apart, and I really like that video. Well, like it's, it's very, you know? it's very informative. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know, it's a video essay. He's backing up his opinions with like examples from the movies. And again, what I was saying about he gets away with it because he's also very funny. Yes, like there's yeah. nothing worse than just see, hearing someone just whinge and bitch and say I don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah, but because he's able to do it in a you know somewhat intelligent fashion yeah. and entertain you at the same time, it, it makes it it makes it worth your time. Yeah. To be honest, those were the things that made me distinguish, oh, they're the prequels that came out when I was a kid and I didn't think they were for me. And then there are the older films from the 80s and Mr. Plinkett says they're really fun and, you right. know, a landmark in technical achievement. Maybe I should go and watch them. And so I did and I had fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very well, so there you go. Like, like well, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, a lot of Star Wars fans, they hate it because they love it so much. Mm. And I reckon um, Red Letter Media made that video yeah. because yeah. they love Star Wars so much. Yeah. And just going back to what you said, Josh, it's like, it wasn't for me. There's so much of Star Wars that it's yeah. just like, if it isn't for you, just don't watch it. There's yeah. so much well, other good stuff. Well, that's so. the thing that we've discovered doing this episode of the podcast is like talking to uh, different people about all the bits of Star Wars that we'd forgotten even existed, but were really mm. like crucial to people taking an interest in Star Wars. It's, it's fascinating. There's so much uh, stuff to enjoy and the stuff that's not for you what does it matter? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Just because you didn't enjoy one movie doesn't mean you have to like write off the whole series. Yeah. Like, I, I think, don't understand I that mentality. I think that's the difference between like a fan who likes likes a world or a universe because of the stories you can tell. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some good ones and some ones that you don't like so much. As mm-hmm. opposed to people who are like, I like Star Wars as a brand, as an identity, and they need the whole thing to be uniformly yeah. the same quality or else... I can't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? In spite yeah. of the fact of that it is for kids and I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. You know? I, I, I always say, I hear people talking about it as if they want it to suddenly age up and become gritty and yeah. bloody and, uh, uh, dark and, and gritty. morally, yeah. morally uh, nuanced. I'm like, have you watched Star Wars? It's black yeah. and white. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Gilby, before we sign off, because we've already got way more than we need, okay. as, right. as we have with every, with every guest. No, it's great. We'd rather have more than not enough. Um, how on board are you for, like, the 10 different shows that Disney have put into production uh, coming out in future on Disney Plus, starting with Obi-Wan and going on to a million other things? Are, are, you, uh, are, you, are you hungry for everything? Are you yeah, I'm like... Um... I'm like on that episode of Simpsons with Barney where he's just like, hook it to my veins. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I want. Just give me as much Star Wars. I'll, yeah. I'll sift through the, the shit and, um, you know, yeah. if it's not for me, then yeah. Yeah, find the gems in there. Um, yeah, are we getting exactly. an Ahsoka show, is that? 
at least. So. Yeah, because yes. like, like yes. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka was just fantastic. Yeah, eh? yeah exactly. Uh, like her character, like just watch the Clone Wars. Like maybe not every single episode because there is a lot of. Uh, there's some there's some right. slogs in there. I, what I but, what um, I do is I, I every now and then I look at it uh, like a top ten Clone Wars list on the internet and I just pick one off that and I watch it. Yeah, That's no, I just watch I season through. watch season seven of the Clone Wars. Okay, it'll give you so much more appreciation for Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah, oh, okay. definitely I do. appreciate a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, it means I don't have to separate the wheat and the chaff for seven whole seasons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, season seven will do you fine. You, you just need to know who Ahsoka is briefly, and that's kind of it. You just watch it and enjoy. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Watch it and enjoy. That's all we um, ask. Yeah. Do you think we're yeah. going to get to see Darth Maul in uh, uh, Kenobi? Because we, he, we, they confirmed he's back alive in Solo. Uh, yeah, so I guess with Solo just with the time that this is all sort of running at they kind of did a really good um story arc for for maul in um star wars rebels which okay. is again an, another really good show and yeah if they were to just chuck him into live action you'd either be retelling parts of his story right. or you just would be complicating okay canon. so leave leave so, maul where he is yeah Although leave, they, leave they, maul out of it they all gave right. him like a thanos style tease at the end of um Solo, Solo, a yeah. Star Wars yeah. story. Yeah, that's right. That that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I knew they brought him back alive in the in one of the animation things, but because they did yeah. it in live action, and again, Solo, I thought really good movie, but you know there wasn't enough haters, so they thought it wasn't popular, and um, so it's yeah. like they're not going any further with that. Whereas I'm like, I, I'll watch another one of those. Yeah, I, I would love to see like a, a Disney Plus Solo sequel and chuck in Boba Fett and have have that that job for Jabba that we've, we've all kind of heard about and known about. It's just like, what what did he do that like really pissed him off type thing? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would love to see that botched job, like a heist film. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be um, great. That's a good yeah, idea. Man. Well, why not? You've got yeah. Disney. Listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Star Wars holiday special. We've covered a lot of the insanity. The fact that uh, you were saying there's at least 10 minutes of uninterrupted, unsubtitled Wookiee dialogue. Um, we've talked about the fact that Harvey Corman shows up and does uh, 10 minutes in drag doing a bizarre cooking show. There is n- no attempt to hide the fact that uh, the father character is watching Wookiee pornography. Yeah. Well, Wookiee no, erotica. Hu- human. <laughs> It's not Wookiee, it's human. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a real life human lady. It is erotica right. for Wookiees. I don't know what would have been more disturbing. If it had been Wookiee. If it had been Wookiee. <laughs> yeah. A sexy Wookiee. Well, what yeah. do you think a sexy Wookiee would look like? More her? Pro- probably more. more. Yeah, Probably more. A good, a good thick a good you thick know what? Mane, yeah, you, know, nice you know who um, Chewbacca has like a poster up on his wall of? His cousin It from the Adams family. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a tall drink of water, that cousin <laughs> It. Yeah, take that hat off. <laughs> so when, when I watched the holiday special, we watched it here when we were making Bandits. Oh, really? Yeah, just before um, mm-hmm. Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. Did you do a bad job on Bandits? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a punishment. Yeah, it, we, well, we were actually watched all Star Wars in anticipation. All uh, of it. All of it. Whoa. Well, all the movies anyway. Um, prequels. Leading up to which one? The Force Awakens. Oh, right. Whoa. We, we were pretty excited for it, you know, because it, it had been a long time. We never thought we were going to get 
like the yeah, the, the last trilogy. We didn't know how it was going to go. <laughs> um, so we decided to watch all of it and we watched the holiday special and you know what it was like, you know, they just you know, eight lads in a room just like howling at this thing. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say is there a point of diminishing returns where you go this is so boring we can't even laugh at it or No, we de- I definitely remember a lot of laughing. Okay. Like it's not something that you could take seriously and we'd gotten through a lot of st- I think it was the last thing we watched. So we were pretty like like Wired in Star Wars yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. I watched it with the cat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the cat didn't. Did, was the cat got up and left. No, <laughs> not really into it. it. Didn't get it. Kept asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Too hard to explain. Which one is Itchy? <laughs> is Itchy the, the car? Um, sponsored by General Motors. Yeah, my uh, my bad joke was uh, General Motors is the name of the Imperial Guard who shows up to wreck their Christmas. <laughs> Although it's not Christmas, it's Life Day. Life Day, yeah. Oh, Which honestly, they don't have Christmas on. No, Wuk- there's no Jesus in you know, space. What's it, it called? Wukanar? Uh Kashik. Kashik. Okay. It is. It is a difficult thing for them to get around the fact that, like, okay, we want a Star Wars holiday special, but Star Wars is explicitly set in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Like, it's not Earth long, in the future. A long, long time ago, as well. So mm. you can't make. Yeah. You can't make any of, like, the, you know, winking sort of references that any other variety show would be able yeah. to lean on. Like, oh, don't you hate it when this happens at Christmas? They'd be like, uh, what happens on Life Day? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I guess that that goes back to what Dane was saying about how they don't like to, well, nowadays they don't like to break the... Um, the illusion. The illusion. Yeah. Like, they, they must have had some awareness of that. Breaking the illusion. Like, if they'd called it Christmas, then it, like, really... We would be sitting there going, but this is another galaxy where... To a degree, they stuck to the conceit of the Star Wars universe. But I think, wasn't there a thing that after this, George Lucas did get very protective of Star Wars? Because I don't think he made this. <laughs> what this... have you done? Yeah. Well, <laughs> his name isn't anywhere on the credits. Yeah. Well, again, right. you have yeah. to remember that he was new to this world of being in charge of... The word franchise hadn't even been invented to mm. describe films. If there anything, was... he was inventing it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like the fact that he, he, he retained the rights for the toys. Yeah. Like... The, like the studio were like oh, whatever yeah and like little did they know that that's where the money was billions yeah like they say in space balls where the real money from the movie is made <laughs> <Yeah>. merchandising <laughs> um so i think he probably just would have you know oh you want to do a holiday special based on star wars that's fine signs his name and then you know looking back on it it's the weirdest strangest thing possible yeah and he's deeply embarrassed by it he's and so- i wonder if that began to like push him towards uh, you know, the mindset of, oh, I want to fix the things that I'm embarrassed about in the original films. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. yeah because possible. I don't believe that the Star Wars Holiday Special has any official release. I wouldn't be a mm. bit surprised if in his, you know, deal to sell Star Wars to Disney, he said, you are never to put this out. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Disney Plus. yeah, that gets buried. Because why wouldn't it come out? <laughs> but I think, I think, I think in a way you're kind of touching on why I love stuff like the Holiday Special. Because more because of its context, you know, it reminds you that Star Wars is just a film. It's not, it's not this like work of fantasy that that has this this strong law, this you know thing that cannot be broken. It, it's just something that people made, you know, to mostly to make money and entertain people. And it's just yeah, it's just a movie, and and it really it feels like it's part of this weird behind the scenes. And and also like yeah like the 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 original versions of Star Wars like I I just love to see 
that again you know it doesn't matter that it doesn't fit with the continuity like, i don't think that matters it's like surely there's an appetite for it they're leaving money on the table it'll happen right it will happen right i i think one of the great things about filmmaking is when you can you can while you're watching a movie it's almost you can like you can feel the filmmakers making it while you're watching oh, it. Yeah. You know? that's that's the trick really isn't it yeah, I'm completely charmed when I watch an original version of that film and I'm like, there, there's the Wolfman at the cantina. Yeah, Because yeah. that was just a mask that they had lying around and they needed to fill out the menagerie. That's yeah. wonderful. I watched the Ewok adventure yesterday and like Industrial Light and Magic do these special effects. Mm-hmm. And they've got these um, these stop motion creatures yes. in the background. And, and it's got like, so trees in the foreground guys wearing masks running behind the trees and then behind them again are these um like like stop motion like 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 ray harryhausen mm. style yeah, things yeah, yeah. and it's an amazing shot yeah right it looks like by today's standards it looks completely fake mm. yeah but but i was more thrilled by thinking like like how that the, was all put the, together the troubleshooting that's all of it yeah that shot, yeah. yeah yeah you know how they did that uh, dane to what you were saying about just like the the weirdness of the franchise and wanted to talk to you about the uh the saturday morning cartoons i watched a couple clips of ewoks and uh droids ewok seems very typical of saturday morning stuff like you know here's a bunch of cute fuzzy characters having little can little they, adventures can they talk in that they can okay and it is warwick davis voicing uh wicket oh, oh. Is it? which is unusual what? to hear him speak and uh droids um droids is probably the more anthony interesting daniels, of the two right? it is anthony yeah. daniels yeah. And I watched the credits for that. They credit Anthony Daniels as C-3PO and they say Ben Burt oh, uh, as R2-D2. He's, he's the man yeah. who was the yeah. sound engineer who yeah. gave us all the sound effects. That's right. Yeah. R2-D2's quote-unquote voice. Yeah. That's actually fair enough. Yeah. And I, I, didn't watch, I didn't watch a whole episode of the show, but it seems like the conceit is every episode they have new masters. And they're just oh, wow. bouncing around the universe. Actually, so it's kind I of don't quite remember that. Like, so when I was a kid, I think I was too scared to watch actual Star Wars. My first experience with Star Wars was actually the Droids cartoon. Um, if I remember right, I can't remember if I watched it on TV or we rented it out or whatever. But um, yeah, that was that was the show that that really kicked it off for me. And and basically every character is a robot. Um, and um, as far as I can tell, the sort of uh, design aesthetics uh, for the show is taken from the animated segment from the holiday special. So C-3PO basically looks the same. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, mm. But the rest of the characters, not so much. The rest of the characters look pretty much, um, pretty much like typical american saturday morning cartoons yeah the the Um, animation is very interesting watching r2d2 and c3po because well they're meant to be metal robots but they're outsourcing this work to um you know overseas studios who just treat every character the same so rubbery yeah they're they're bending and warping and twisting yeah they're doing squash and stretch with these metal characters yeah the same way that like a 70s variety show is so reflective of that era you know, this sort of uh, cheapo Saturday morning cartoon is very reflective of the 80s, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And between that and the uh, Ewok films, there was a time when between that and whenever Phantom Menace came out, that was considered the end of Star Wars. Yeah. That's all the yeah. Star Wars that there was. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the, just just quickly to go back to the droids cartoon. Yes. The, there's an hour-long special of it, which I rewatched last night. Just uh, just to refresh my memory, and um, 
that I remember used to come on like almost every Christmas or maybe every Easter or something, but that was a recurring show like on TV here. I, I don't know why they decided on that. It but, seems yeah, like Star was Wars was one of those ones when we were kids, every holiday you got like, like Star Wars and Superman. Yeah, and a Bond TV. movie and a Bond movie, yeah, yeah. 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 and a Bond it. chaser, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess, I guess they just, you know, shown like Star Wars one, two, and three too many times, and they're like, uh, what else have we got? We droids, okay, go on, stick it on. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are stupid; they'll watch it. <laughs> I, I might be alone in this, but I've always felt C three PO is funny. I was finding myself laughing at things he said. You know, the fact that you can't understand R2-D2. R2-D2's yeah. dragging him along yeah. as he's in pieces. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And C-3PO's line is, of course I've looked better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think like, it's the banter between the two of them that is genuinely quite funny. Something that's not talked about enough is the sense of humor of the original trilogy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's quite funny, you know? Yeah. Uh, when, sometimes I hear people talk about Star Wars and they talk about it like as if it's like this purely adult thing that's really mature. And I go, are we watching the same thing? Like, are you not seeing the Wizard of Oz references? Are you not seeing the humor? Are you not seeing like the fairy tale aspect mm. of this? Yeah. Again, that's why that's why this stuff, like the cartoons and Ewoks movies and that kind of stuff, to me that feels like there's definitely like a, this kind of grittiness to, the, to these films um that is you know started to fade away from children's entertainment a big part of uh kids stories the stories that kids like to hear have a real element of danger mm. you know mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. to feel a little bit unsafe so that when things turn out all right there's a real sense of relief yeah because i don't know like i can only speak to some you know being a child of the 80s but it kind of felt like everything of any good content had stuff in it that would kind of scare you because i always feel like kind of cinema and, and and stories are like the best way to kind of just push you to a limit mm. of what, what will scare you, what will make you tense um, without actually, you know, um, it, I think it's, that's what, it's, it's safe. That's it's, why I like you know, horror movies. And that's why, like on these, I'd always watch like the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. how they made like Return the Jedi and, and all the puppets in the bar and stuff like that because then it's like, well, it's only a film. Mm. It's just, it's mm, not yeah. real. None of this is real. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Star- holiday special is a great example of stars <laughs> not being real. Yeah, for sure. Um, Wart and all. Yeah, the illusion definitely breaks down definitely. with the holiday special. Yeah, yeah. When, when one of the Golden Girls turns up and starts singing, <laughs> yeah. you kind of go, oh, this isn't real, is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Luke looked very different in this one, didn't he? Like, he, he like, did he uh, really oh. heavy makeup on? I think it's pre-crash. I, I, well, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I heard of yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like almost hit, whoever was doing his makeup that day read it and it said holiday special musical. Yeah. yeah. And went, I, I've got an idea. And they put him in full, like, yeah, stage makeup. Stage makeup. Yeah. I mean, like, it looks like even his eyes. Yeah. Like, it's right. got like. His eyes are twinkling and, like, his <laughs> hair is quaffed to the side. He looks like, he looks he, like Shirley Temple or something. Yeah. <laughs> Someone points out how he doesn't blink. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he just. But they were. All the human members would of the main trilogy were definitely on some on something. They were like, Harrison, "Okay, I'll show you up." You can on almost set. hear Harrison Ford go, in between. <laughs> yeah. but there's like a kind of yeah, yeah. And like I said, when um when Carrie Fisher sings the lyrics to the Star Wars theme at the end, she has got 
She's got a million mile stare on her. <laughs> Star <laughs> Wars, nothing but Star Wars. How many more of these do I have to make? At least four more, Carrie. At least four more. Oh, God. <laughs> You'll even make one after you've died. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. <laughs> Death won't save you from this character. Do you think that people, audiences, were getting hyped for this holiday special like they saw the listing that it was coming on tv well, and look, they're like oh my goodness star wars was awesome if they were gonna this take gonna be great. hulk and wonder woman off, off there, you yeah. know they must have yeah. really believed in this project yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you've got to feel sorry for the kids who tuned in like so excited like finally something new with star wars on the name and they get this hour and a half turd that's <laughs> yeah. probably it's probably very much like how uh you know people like my age felt when we went and saw phantom menace basically maybe kids who tuned in were just so ecstatic to see their friends see chewbacca yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah i think so yeah because even when um like c3po and r2d2 showed up on sesame street one day oh yeah and like even that was enough so any star wars yeah. was welcome it's funny to think of a time now when there was um because we've had two sort of big periods where there was just you know no star wars no new star wars and now with the announcement that there's like what 10 series on the way yeah what? we are yeah, geez. Million, billion more star, star wars, wars than we know what yeah. to do with i pretty much gave up on star wars after seeing episode seven but the thing that kind of like excited me and the only reason i got like kind of excited to talk today was that uh was over at the, the warehouse the other day and um was walking through the toy aisle and saw toys celebrating the anniversary of droids right oh, it's very it's in a way that what you were saying there simon that you know they make star wars for everyone for every fan like they they knew they knew how to target me like the cynical this this cynical guy who doesn't even like Star Wars anymore. They knew how to make me excited again <laughs> yeah. for Star Wars. Can you resist the droid? <laughs> yeah. Hey, th this guy's at the expendable income age of his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of comes back to what I was saying before. That I d I don't. Um, my memories of Star Wars are mainly the merchandise. Yeah, because you could only really you couldn't really see the films again, but right. you could buy the toys and play with the toys and reconstruct your own kind of mm -hmm. Star Wars mm -hmm. from the yep. toys. Um, yep. Yep. And the weirdest thing now is watching certain sh series and ideas that are in there, which was like, I think I played that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was my idea. That, <laughs> how did they know? How did they know? I don't think it was by design, but it was kind of a perfect catalyst for imagination because so much of the original trilogy is just talking about these ideas of Other the force stuff. and the yeah. Jedi Knights and all these sort of things. And you can just fill that in with your mind. And then when you're waiting for the movies to come out, you can play with the toys and make up your own story. Whereas now it feels like what the fans uh, are demanding. No, we want lore. We want mm. detailed descriptions of everything of how this works. And it's like, it's a fantasy film. I, there are some things I want to remain magical. Mm. Mm. Well, the fact that we've had how many series of the Clone Wars, which is from a, like a, almost a throwaway line, yeah, um, yeah, and again, and now it makes it look like Obi Wan's an asshole, yeah. Because yeah. if you watch that clip again yeah. after watching all the rest of Star Wars, like man, this guy's full of shit. Yeah, when he's like, <laughs> we we were good friends. We were good friends. Well, he was a child slave on a planet. I <laughs> took him away from his mother. I did not take the mother. <laughs> And then I chopped his arm off and left him on a volcano. <laughs> and then he turned bad for some reason, yeah. like I'm the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we're talking to people about uh, Star Wars. We have um, avid sci-fi fan uh, Alexander Sikowski. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to Star Wars? I very much grew up with the the original three mm. on VHS. Um, I have v- vivid memories of my neighbor who had all three recorded off the television, w- commercial breaks and all. That's great. Mm. Uh, in his collection. And it was always one of those things I'd go back to and they'd be like, you know, I, I want to watch Return of the Jedi. I want to watch the first one. Uh, Return of the Jedi, I think, always was my favorite as a kid. And um, that one always stuck with me. I think it was because I was such a huge fan of tree huts at the time as well. And Ewoks, tree huts, robots, it all yeah. came together. I don't go for this. <laughs> they, they sort of become popular to not like the Ewoks. And I don't go with that because like I was when that came out, I was the age you are supposed to be when you're getting yeah. into Star Wars. And and I loved the Ewoks. They were like I like teddy bears, and these were like little warrior teddy bears. You know, I've bumped up against this a few times where people, as people get a little bit older and they want their the shows that they liked as a kid to age with them, they get frustrated mm. when they go, "Well, why is this for kids?" And it's like, oh, "Hello, it was always for kids." <laughs> yeah, is that controversial now at all? Because in in a way, when I'm I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, like. Uh, as a you know, 10, 12-year-old, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is everything I want it to be. Uh, Back to the Future at the same time as well, you know, um, s- similar er- eras in terms of like the kind of movies that I had discovered at that age. Mm. And then obviously there's the, the rest of the canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you would have obviously lived through the, uh, the prequel trilogy. Did you have any truck with that or uh, did you miss it? That, that, the Phantom Menace was definitely like uh, enjoyable for what it was at the time. Uh, I wasn't like, you know, to, I wasn't a, I've never been like a hardcore Star Wars fanboy. I, mm. I've just enjoyed them for what they are. Um, I think I think as time continued, my personal opinion is that the storytelling got weaker. But again, that may also just be because I grew up, I, I grew older, my tastes changed um, and what people enjoy today is not what maybe people enjoyed back then it's just mm. it's relative to the individual so but i i mean there's been lots of like you know other content in the star wars world that i've enjoyed plenty but also you get to a point where like you just kind of want something different mm. <laughs> star wars is more a gateway like as you guys already know i'm like a massive stargate fan like that's right. that's the star that's the star in my world like star trek star wars they're cool but like i grew up with stargate and i think what really helped was i was obsessed as a kid with with egyptian ancient egyptian culture all about anubis and all the gods and and the mystery of the pyramids and everything and then all of a sudden the story comes out which has got like all of that plus this military slash science fiction science expedition kind of vibe to it Mm. um and i was just like uh, it was probably one of the uh, first films i ever saw at the cinema and i was just like that is awesome. That was just so awesome. And then I, I enjoyed the series, uh, or at least the first, the SG-1 canon um, up, up until that. And I, and I also think throughout the whole, I'm a, I'm a purveyor that the script writing in uh, the SG-1 saga is like top notch. Like I, I can still rewatch that and think like some, some of the, the plot lines, the character stories, the time traveling concepts that they introduce into it are next level in terms of like 
like high-end kind of like thinking in terms of science fiction. And so I always I always enjoyed that. Um, but this is more about Star Wars, not Stargate. Well, what I really loved about <laughs> Stargate, the, the the movie that like I didn't I didn't follow the series as much as you did, Alex. But I loved the way the movie it came out at a great time where we hadn't had any um, we hadn't had any Star War for quite a long time at that point. But this one really sort of um, it sort of evoked Star Wars in that in that the the, the spaceships were were models. It looked Egyptian, but it, it felt like Star Wars. But also, like a lot of the ghouls, um, you know, the way their their armor comes on and off yeah, was all yeah, done in CG, <laughs> you know. And so yeah. it was it it had a foot in, in each camp, and like it was just Still exciting because back then era. you couldn't tell what, what what am I looking at? Am I looking at models or am I looking at CG? Obviously, now mm. we'd be able to tell because we're you know we've been exposed yeah. to so much more CG. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was a like a really wonderful movie. Star Wars is always going to have that that place, and I think like uh, one thing that I I kind of started to steer away from the older I got was, uh, and it's in the name Star Wars, is that it's about war, and war is a pretty relatively common theme throughout a lot of like Star Trek, Stargate, all of that stuff, which obviously circling back to my attempt to you know write my opus, the the Mechagenesis was like well. I don't know if war is going to be necessary in the future if we solve a lot of these issues that we're dealing with currently. Uh, and uh, that's uh, something I've always been thinking about. It's like, guns are cool, and this is cool because it's a battleship and a cruiser, and it's just cool to put a gun in a person's hand or a character's hand. But do we really stop to think about, like, like this is a, a, a weapon of war. It's designed to kill. And killing is easy. Like it's definitely a limiting factor in in telling a story. Well, it's war is obviously familiar to us as a human species, but it's harder to create life than it is to destroy it. <laughs> yeah, and and also it, it generates a lot of strong emotions. Obviously, um, I I do understand what you're saying. Like, um, you know, film psychologists have always said that violence means something different when we see it on screen, and Star yeah. Wars is ultimately. Um, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the myths that culture uh, thrives on. It is, a, I always think it is a, a war fantasy because it is this yeah. idea of a completely black and white war between good guys and evil guys and the good guys win and we celebrate with, you know, the Ewoks. Yeah, it's it's pretty classic. I mean, it's the, you know, the first three is the classic hero's journey, but uh, obviously it's a war. It's based around war. I don't know if the... The, the new trilogy really kind of evolves on that. Like they don't, there's never ever really a resolution to this idea that there's a galactic war going on. It's just like ongoing everywhere all the time on every front. <laughs> it's like, um, oh my God, there's another war. So what was the point in, in, in my guys winning their war when just, you know, mm. like a generation later, there's another war going on. When you think about our real world and how there are what people call the forever wars, that just seem yeah. to go on and on and never seem to end and they just become a fact of life. It's like, well, what does this say about the Star Wars universe that there's just constantly a galactic-scale conflict going on that never seems to get resolved? I think that's why I like the, yeah. the TV shows now because they are, even though they're calling it Star Wars now because they're breaking into TV, they don't have to have a war. 
Mm. Um, they can still call it Star Wars because it just means, you know... That's the that, brand. That universe. Yeah, that's the brand. And it is fun to see, like, characters existing, um, just trying to make their way in the world. They aren't involved in the conflict, but mm. a big conflict has just ended, and there are things like, oh, okay, well, now I don't have to report to the Empire anymore. Now I've got to deal with the New Republic and mm. all this sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, at some point, it just kind of... It's it's on, like you said. If it's ongoing, there doesn't seem to be any resolution to the to the whole point of what the, the war was about in the first place. Because mm. at the end of the day, all wars have some kind of conclusion. I feel like Star Wars is a, it's a fantasy like war for kids, kind of like kids' war. It doesn't really portray the horrors of what a space war would mm. actually look like. Because I think like if you look at real wars, it's you know it's beyond what we could imagine and. I don't think space wars would be will be fought with uh, human beings or I should say just organic beings. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Like um, George Lucas has said as much. Yeah, he said that he it, it is World War II in space. Like these are uh, bomber planes flying at each other in space, you know, on a two-dimensional axis the way planes would. Yeah, so he uh, did that, right? Like he, when he cut, he did the original cuts, he would cut in World War II footage of planes fighting into the areas where the TIE fighters and the X fighters were mm -hmm. fighting each other. Yep. And I mean, obviously that's a portrayal of it. But, and yeah. even just the fact that uh, the real inspiration for uh, Star Wars, the tone of it, the the gung ho adventure of it, is based on his childhood growing up watching World War II propaganda films that were made to sell this war in a way that seemed fun. Like, hey, mm. sign up, you're going to have an adventure, which is not the reality of war. Yeah. Well, the yeah, as we know, wars in the past and wars that are currently going on, that propaganda is really like. The, the powerhouse like mm. you can support something that's happening because you believe in it because that's what you've told to believe in story or narrative that you've been sold uh is is what you know so you support it and it happens on the other side as well is that this is happening because of a, of your race or because of the country you live in or because of um uh, some kind of historical context but you know these things have like far-reaching consequences for the people living in those areas so I mean, the people on Alderaan, I mean, they didn't stand any chance, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, everyone brings up that moment where um, Leia is like putting a blanket around Luke. It's like, I'm sorry that an old man that you met this afternoon <laughs> yeah. died. I, my planet exploded, yeah. but I guess we won't talk about that. Yeah. I don't think we can really uh, comprehend that, like no. uh, our species like vanishing or just being wiped out in such mm. a short amount of time. But you know, I have had a hard drive with... that died, though, and that, that was pretty traumatic. <laughs> exactly the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars tends to deal with these like huge time um, changes as well, and I think that's I, that's something I've tackled with my own story: is how does technology change over a long period of time? Uh, I always felt that that's something that Star Wars didn't get right. Um, in my own personal opinion, is that the technology doesn't change enough over mm. the huge course of time that this entire saga happens, um, especially like in terms of like the technology where it already is in the prequels to where it goes. And I've watched heaps of YouTube uh, docos and reviews about like you know, well you know it's it's kind of devolving and then it right. evolves back and so on and so on. But we are talking about a galactic empire here or, or at least a galactic species which means that the technology around the whole universe is far reaching so yeah and i guess i guess you like you say star wars is fulfilling its purpose if it's a good 
it's a great easy starting point for kids to get mm. into science fiction and consider some of these bigger ideas. And then when you come up against mm. the limitations of it, well, either you go, well, I'm going to seek out some better, more in-depth uh, works of science fiction, or maybe I start making it myself, as mm. you did. Well, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be an entertaining uh, science fiction story. Yep. And I think the first three do a super job of it. The, the prequels did a um, good enough job of it. <laughs> and then the last three, I wasn't such a huge fan. I can appreciate the, uh, the technical execution and the, uh, the whole kind of package of what they delivered. But I think overall, the storytelling was its most weakest point. Mm. And when you're summing up a saga that's like the Anakin Skywalker saga in the way they did, it just did not have a satisfying ending mm. like some other films have had for me. Mm, so. Absolutely. Yeah, spanning a 40-year story, yeah. I think I'd agree. Well, All right, so I think that'll do us. I think uh, we should be doing this uh, for Stargate one day as well. Does Stargate have a day? Uh, <laughs> we can make one. <laughs> I, I mean, like, Star Trek barely has yeah, a day. I know, right. <laughs> Okay, and now we're here with Tim Evans and Doug McFarlane. Uh, and we wanted to have a little chit-chat about uh, your favorite and mine, Ryan Johnson. Yay. Um, <laughs> and particular, obviously, The Last Jedi. Yeah, his right? sole entry into the Star Wars franchise after the uh, hullabaloo that the fans caused probably won't be doing another. Um, my experience was I went and saw it. I thought it was uh, pretty great. And I liked where the um, series was going at that stage. I was excited to see the third one. Went home, logged onto the internet and discovered, oh, every other person in the world seems to hate this. Like, really <laughs> hate this. Yeah. No, I was the same. I, I really liked it. Um, I thought the writing was amazing. And even though they made choices that I knew would be controversial, like mm. Luke story and stuff like that, I... I didn't care about those things. They, they, to me, made it more unique and um, original. They made choices that I wanted to see go further. I wanted to see Kylo and um, Ray together. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted them to to join forces. And And then then the the, the third one, to be her coming back to the good side, or that would have been a far more interesting choice to me than doing what they did. They kind of almost did and then pulled back from right at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think at the point when, when he kills Snoke, yeah, we were all like, "Oh, you're not supposed to kill him on the third one." Yeah, what yeah. the hell is going on here? Um, I know that a criticism of the movie is that all it does is subvert expectations. Right. Like, oh, you think this guy's going to be the big bad emperor who will be the baddie in the third one? Surprise, we've killed him. Um, Same with Luke; he's supposed to be the, you know, the, he's still Luke Skywalker, but he's all old and grizzled and doesn't care anymore. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But I, right. I feel well. like it's always in service of the main characters like it's not it's not just done arbitrarily mm. Snoke is a plot device he was never anything more than that he was just a really cool one so we got into it people got all upset that it was subverting what was expected and, and that sort of thing and like I like I've got things I like about it I've got things I don't like about it but I really don't understand why people are bumping up against this vision of Luke Skywalker at the end of Force Awakens when uh Ray has found Luke in his hermitage, hidden away on an island. She is offering him the lightsaber, you know, tacitly saying, um, you know, I want you to train me. And that's the end of that film. But when Last Jedi started, I didn't know what I wanted Luke's response to be. But when he picked up the lightsaber and then chucked it over his shoulder, I was like, oh, that's great. Especially when he's, it was established in Force Awakens that he's hiding away. Mm -hmm. Like, 
why would he be doing that if, if he just then goes and trains another Jedi? It's completely It's also stupid. exactly what Yoda did in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but he was so much more scared than Yoda was, you know, like of but he's consequences seen, of him training yeah. somebody. That's, he's seen what goes wrong when when a Jedi goes bad, yeah. right? And, he's, and, then, yeah. and then he sees it happen again with Kylo Ren, so he's just like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that. The Jedi religion is coming with me to the grave. Yeah. Because this is like the third or fourth galactic scale conflict <laughs> that has come about. Um, they blow up planets when they go bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I've always said that if you look at the original film just on its own, it's just about a boy who discovers he has some magic powers that he needs to trust himself and his emotions. It's not until Empire Strikes Back we find out, oh, his dad is Darth Vader. Perhaps that's where he gets some powers from. Leia's related to them. That's when we discover she has powers too. Then in the prequels, it literally brings it down to uh, bacteria in your blood. So it is entirely genetic and to me has removed all the magic from it. I really liked that Ryan Johnson seems to be saying with this film, um, Ray is not related to anybody because everybody's going into this movie expecting a family revelation. Yeah. And he's going, no, Ray's her own character. It is not important who she's related to. It just matters who she is, uh, you know, her journey. It's super important to that character as well. Like, it's a massive insecurity for her is feeling like she doesn't belong or whatever. And the idea that she just doesn't and has to get used to that is cool. Mm, like, yeah. It's rad. Yeah. I, don't know I saw the whole, the whole thing of the, the whole theme of the movie as, to use a swear, oh, fuck that old shit. Yeah, it was going on its own direction. I liked that. I was like, finally, we're getting away from the original. I think that's. I think that's what upset people though. They felt like it was saying, "Fuck you," as a fan for liking that shit. It's a lot like the people who really disliked the film stopped watching it halfway through. Maybe some of them did, but it's like at the end of the film. When the moment uh, comes... Standoff, but I love that. Guess what? He fully embraces it. He does become a hero again at the end because that's who he is. Now, I must admit, over other watches, mm. it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, but but of the, the sequel trilogy, um, it's doing the most interesting stuff. I like The Force Awakens best because it's just great fun and I wanted to relive Star Wars. Mm. This one's doing the most interesting stuff. And the, the last one just... What the last one did to this movie is just not right. Well, just backpedals the entire thing. Like, that's yeah. just not right. It's I think not- that's the biggest disgrace of, the, yeah. of that movie, is yeah. just the way that it spends so much of its time um, reacting to the last movie and refuting it, going, no, all those things you didn't like, they're not a part of this anymore. Yeah. The way I think about, like, the way that they sidelined Rose Tico, who was, <laughs> you know... Not the most fully developed character in the world, but hey, it's Star Wars. You mm-hmm. can do something with her. Yep. It would be like if in the original trilogy there was a big upset about Lando Calrissian and then in Return of the Jedi they just went, okay, he's not in it. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Not important. Like, uh, there's a ton of characters in there that are only to service the main character's arc. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're shit yeah. characters. Yeah. It means they're there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think people, I don't know. That's my, my one like problem that. with Last Jedi is that whole... Um, casino planet part it seems kind of pointless after after everything that happens. it's not though it's it's important for finn to see the what's really behind the war you know like he yeah it's for his war everyone because he doesn't care about the war he just cares about ray yeah but that whole thing makes him care about the war i don't i agree they don't explore it enough beyond just saying hey there are people who profit off of war mm-hmm. but circling back to the yoda scene um I think that some fans took that to mean that uh, they they read that as like, oh, Disney's burning all the old stuff and they're wiping the slate clean. Yeah. Whereas what I took from it is 
you know, the Jedi in the original trilogy are quite, like, mysterious. The the Force really benefits from the fact that uh, it's so vague. It is this dead religion that nobody really knows about, mm-hmm. and you can fill it in with your imagination. I didn't like in the prequels where they sort of added these codified rules about you're not allowed to have love or friendships or relationships. So I really liked that um, here comes Yoda, and he calls Luke's bluff. I'm going to burn down the tree, Yoda. I'm going to burn all the books. Okay, you keep saying you're going to, but I don't see you doing it. And he burns down the tree, (laughs) destroys all those books, and basically brings us back to, I think, what was fun and exciting and mysterious about the Force in the original, which is that you don't need to follow rules, you know, to be a Jedi, to have contact with the Force. And there's that character, uh, Maz Kanata, who says, Mm. I'm no Jedi, but I know the Force, Mm. you know? I really like the idea of moving away from like you say, that old mm. stuff. These We don't just have to slavishly follow these old traditions and religions. Yeah. It was just a whole thing as a kid. It was like you felt like you could be a Jedi, and then prequels just took that away yeah, completely. No, you need midi-chlorians. You need yeah, little robots like, oh, I can't be a Jedi. I came out of that movie having no idea that nobody else didn't like it. When nobody else liked it, you know. Mm. People who liked the original Star Wars didn't like the, uh, the prequels, yeah. the prequel trilogy, because it was so different to their Star Wars. They didn't like it. And now, as it's th- those the kids who watched those prequels have now grown up and they love their Star Wars because it's their Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, um, they don't like this new prequel trilogy no. because but the kids who grew up with they, the new they, one they, they will love like it just this. as much. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The issue I see is that people think that Ryan Johnson ruined the sequel trilogy. Yeah, where I don't, I think it's actually J.J. Abrams. I'm going to agree on because that because he they, they needed someone who had. Control over the whole trilogy. Mm. He did the first one, then went just kicked it off down the road. Went, you do something now. They need someone to actually be in charge of the whole thing. Not yeah. maybe not a director, a producer. I guess it's Kathleen Kennedy as well. But people blame, blame her, her for stuff. I, I don't they? Yeah. People blame her. They just yeah. look yeah. for the nearest woman. I know, it's right? Really creepy. Like look at all the great movies that we love that have her name in the credits. I know. <laughs> you know, so many. Any other franchise, you don't study the names of the producers and no. lay the blame at their no. feet. It's just Kathleen Kennedy, evil. It's yeah. really odd really odd and and george lucas handpicked her because he trusted her you know like. well she's with them all the way along yeah and ryan johnson has done so many other good things like knives out looper oh, yeah. all the different things on Brick. the other side that was another one actually i just looked yeah. that yeah, i saw that was a crap. cool movie right so it's He's not awesome. his problem at all it's no. not, i don't think it, i i'm totally okay like i i think it makes sense to me if that's not your loop or you know what I mean? Like they, he just did things with the characters that you wouldn't have done or yeah. didn't want to happen. Some people don't want their expectations. It's to totally fine, but the people who say it's just like objectively bad writing and stuff like that—it's like you weren't paying attention. One thing I don't like by Last Jedi, I'll say right now, is that little leprechaun alien dude. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> you brought it up. Right? It's a ginger little lepre- yeah. leprechaun who's like yeah. money grabbing at the casino. I was like, that no. I that- always wondered was that a comment because they made part of it in Ireland. Right. And I'm like, well, is this is this what Ron Johnson taught of the Irish? <laughs> you know, is it like everywhere he went, he got charged for something? The best idea he had was, uh, what if we had the Lucky Charms guy in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? I do yeah, think I do think there are gags in there that don't feel particularly Star Warsy. You know, like I I found them funny, I laughed at them, but they they pulled me out of the movie a little bit because it didn't quite feel right. Sure, right? Is this like? Um, um, do you remember General Hawks? Yeah, yeah, like on the phone call. I really liked uh, Donald Gleason as an actor. Yeah, yeah but even great. in the first one, he was a he was just a little bit too much. And yeah. then they just like just took the piss out of him in the second one. And then in the third one, they just like 
made him completely ridiculous. Actually, Star Wars is anti ginger. This is the thing. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Fundamentally, yeah. ginger. It's not. Like, it was funny. I thought it was funny, but it felt out of place, you know? And the, yeah. there's the ironing board one and the. Ah, that the, was funny. I like that one. <laughs> sucking the milk from the, the teats. I love that. One. Like, but no, it's funny. That, I, like, I did like it. And how um, Ray keeps missing that one with the, like, the fish people. Cave and there and is, there's always been humor in Star Wars. That's what I like about the originals. Mm. Yeah. We're all quick around the horn. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, probably the first one. Favorite Star Wars movie? First one, probably. Yeah, I'm just going to say Return of the Jedi. I have a lot <laughs> of fun with that movie. It's the one I rewatched it the most. It was my favorite as a kid, for sure. See, my one is Empire Strikes Back. Because sure. it's the dark one in the middle. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love um, The Last Jedi. It's the dark one in the middle, where mm-hmm. stuff goes wrong. It's actually kind yeah, of yeah. like Act 2. It's like shit goes wrong, then we have to bring it back in the end one. I thought that those first two laid the groundwork so beautifully. Like, mm. the first one as we said, was a palate cleanser because people yep. wanted to be as far away from the prequels and as close to the originals as possible. And I think it achieved that fairly well. And then the middle one, as Doug has said, was getting away from it and taking us into new directions. So for the third one to just completely double back, back and take mm. us back it's, to... It's a really bizarre decision. Like, yeah. How that happened is, is crazy. It's the listening to fans. I don't think... Hollywood and creatives who yeah. listen to fans. Well, it's listening seen... to some fans, though, eh? Not all fans. Yeah, it's not just, all fans. Yeah. It's... But the loudest fans yeah. are the, uh, the most... The annoying. angry ones, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Disney, yeah. like, people talk about Disney like they're not a risk-taking company, and they spend a lot of money on their movies, so they have to be somewhat risk-averse. But way more risky than people give them credit for. Well, it was interesting watching um, the director in The Jedi, the documentary about the making, mm, the production such of a good um, Last Jedi. And it was interesting seeing... Um, Ryan Johnson overseeing, you know, the production of all these wonderful practical effects that people have been crying uh, to return to the franchise. Um, but there was, you know, a money man following him around, basically saying, you know, not in a penny pinching way, but just seriously, hey, yeah. Disney doesn't have bottomless pockets, even if um, they are a very rich, uh, you know, money making company, because we have run the numbers, we project the movie will make this much, therefore we can only spend this much on the making of it. You yeah. start have to making decisions about what we can reasonably uh, put our money and time into to meet our release date, you know? Yeah, oh, I think that's a part of the process that nobody thinks about when making things. It's like they, they think that a filmmaker has an idea in their head and they pull it out and they pop it on the screen and then you watch it and you abuse them. Um, <laughs> Every decision has a million reasons why it happened, you know, like there's things that go wrong or, you know, money or whatever it is, scheduling, all sorts of things. It's like you have to constantly change what was in your head. And the idea is just to get it as close to what's in your head or better than you possibly can. But it's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people don't know that or don't care is um, kind of frustrating. Especially a movie this big with so many effect shots and so yeah. many like like background like actors crew and of costumes a thousand and stuff like your to keep that steering in the right direction is mm. not an easy thing to do at all. Our chat with Tim and Doug has been interrupted. Someone's pirating our broadcast. I sense a presence I haven't felt since an hour ago. I've got a bad feeling about this. I'm hijacking this podcast. All of the detailed explanations of Star Wars have been incorrect. Only the true value, the true person is Mike. He knows the real value of Star Wars. I am the one and only authority on Star Wars. Goodbye. So, Diego, 
uh, we wanted to talk to you because you had kind of an interesting um, entry into Star Wars. Like, you first got into it while the new ones were coming out, Force Awakens and all those films. Uh, is that what sort of jump-started you to decide to take an interest and watch some? Uh, no, I think it was because Mandalorian came out. Mm. And, you know, everyone wouldn't shut up about the green baby. And I think, I, okay, so the first season, you know, I hadn't watched the first season. Mm-hmm. And it was when the second season was coming out mm-hmm. that I was like, man, I really want to watch this show. Right. So I, I, I booted up Disney+. Plus. I'm like, hold on. I know these were released in different orders and are weird. So I started at what is episode four. Yeah. But that was apparently the Disney, the edited version to match with the prequels or something. I don't know. They, they, that did happen. But um, it, it, I think the essence of the movie has been kept. So you watched the Disney so, Plus version of episode four. Four, five, six. The first three Star Wars movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, how did you find them? Because th- these are old movies. I found them on the disney plus whoa Uh, hey (laughs) and when you found it on disney plus what did you think of these movies i mean can i be honest yeah we would really rather you be honest they and this is this is coming from someone who who doesn't you know is fairly young in in terms of the studio i thought they were movies Mm -hmm. you know they, they, they weren't (laughs) <laughs> these massive space operas you know I I, yeah. I I was i was going in expecting like you know sort of deep dive into you know the 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 catacombs of the star wars lore or whatever sure story wise it's very simple like they just yes. say the hero's journey the mm-hmm. little boy he goes to space he finds out he's got powers he saves the galaxy all mm-hmm. in one movie fantastic yeah. and, and, and i did i did set my expectations sort of to that and I did enjoy it, you know. Right. I, I it just wasn't an earth-shattering, world-changing not. movie like, the way people built it up to be. Especially with you know all the discourse I see uh-huh. about Star Wars online, I was like, I, I thought Boba Fett would be more important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, original <laughs> fans of the trilogy at the time also thought that. They're like, he just fell down a hole, and the hole burped. His, his yeah. entire contribution was, I froze a guy mm-hmm. and gave him to space Hitler. Yep. <laughs> and, and that was it. And then he fell down this meat hole, and it's like, okay, why is there so much? So why, why are there so much toys about this guy? Yeah, it's just a cool costume, is what that's a lot what of it was. Say. It's a cool costume. Yeah, they kind of um, they previewed him in the holiday special. Like, there's a there's a cartoon about him, and then and then he's just sort of in the background, and then they kill him off. Once the first Star Wars was a big hit and a surprise hit, and they were like, okay, we're gonna have to do another one. They were making costumes and things, and the original idea was that this was going to be the Mark II of the Stormtrooper. Like These were going to be called Super Troopers, oh. and they were going to make <laughs> dozens of them. But uh, Empire Strikes Back was totally funded by George Lucas. Like He had to fund it himself, which right. is shocking after how much money the first one made. Like It was the highest grossing movie of all time for a while. Yeah. But once he was fil- funding it himself, he decided, well... Okay, I don't want to print hundreds of these. What if we just have one guy who wears this cool <laughs> costume? So you watched the original trilogy, you yeah. had fun with it, and then do you immediately jump into Mandalorian? Yeah, I watched the first season by myself. Mm-hmm. And then the first couple episodes to catch up of the second season. Mm-hmm. And then and then watched uh, with 
you guys the um Nando Mondays. Mondays? Yeah. You would have at Mike's house? And sometimes we ordered Nando's, mostly just so we could call it Nando's Mando's. Mike's yeah. Mando Nando Mondays. <laughs> it's great. That's um, awesome. And uh how have you enjoyed the Mandalorian? Because there was a bit of there was a bit of hype uh that led you to it in the first place. Yeah, I really liked it. Hmm. They really pushed the um that, that does, what what I really liked about the original Star Wars was that sort of like uh, westerny type of feel, and they yep. they pushed it like crazy. Yeah, in in the Mandalorian, and something um, I liked was the sort of sort of analog sci-fi tech. Yeah, that they use because I'm you know in the, in the first movies it was probably just like a necessity, right? Sure, like they couldn't really make all those future what we what we call futuristic now. yeah you know they have like you know pipes put together that have maybe holograms coming out of them sure but they 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 really pushed it in you know in the mandalorian he's like running or he's like flying around space in this you know flying junker very, very and like, gritty and like used all the buttons and stuff on a ship are like big huge buttons yes. that you click down and things like that like yeah. i'm so i'm so used to sci-fi nowadays that um you know they have the holographic buttons everywhere, and everything's like glowing. And Just coming off of the uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek film. Red alert! All hands stand to battle stations. Where everyone says that movie looks like it takes place in an Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> everything's chrome, everything's shiny and new, and yeah, Mandalorian uh, really gets back to that really it's gritty lived, a lived-in universe that's what they right? call yeah, it like like, in. The, like like i always get the impression in star wars that those people actually sleep in their in their clothes yeah <laughs> you know i always thought about that with Darth vader like when he goes to the toilet and stuff like that with the cape and the mask and like you know does he have to take it all off just for a wee there's a uh red litter media did a video where they're just reading the darth vader wiki page which has like all the lore from every bit of expanded universe canon and it's just got insane details like beeping from his suit kept him awake at night (laughs) i love that no wonder he was in such a bad mood yeah yeah Um, have you any plans to go further or or have you do you kind of you see it you got it you like it but that's enough i mean every time i try and reach for you know a copy of the prequels or sequels and mike actually pops up from behind me and swats (laughs) it out of my hand and and it's really weird i'll be in my house (laughs) and i'll hear a knocking on my window and he's like staring at me. He's not. He's shaking his head. <laughs> so it's weird. It, it's like they never made more than three movies. Yeah. Um, Mike's kind of treated you like a guinea pig when it comes to Star Wars, right? Like he's like, you, yeah. you've done it exactly the way I would want it. The original trilogies and the Mandalorian. Yeah. Nothing else. Were you? Did, did you see any of the the new movies that came out? The, no, I did see that one meme of the guy where he spun his thing and he's like, traitor. Yeah, that's all I remember I, that. That's all oh, I know from yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. TR8. He was he got a name. He was called <laughs> TR8 or something like that because okay. he said called between the traitor. traitor. Yeah, that's yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, was there was there any conscious reason that you didn't uh, go and watch those or just lack of interest? I mean, I'm I'm not as interested in the Star Wars mm. universe as mm-hmm. other people. Maybe because like. Maybe it was uh, at the time where I was sort of investing myself in different things. Sure. I think it was around the time I started playing Mass Effect. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to start a new sci-fi series now. Mm. Yeah. Like, especially um, one that's gone on for like, what, 40 years or something, you think? Oh, yeah. I'm just and like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is um, your experience, Diego, but sometimes I find that if there's a lot of like discourse around a fandom, I kind of 
it makes me even if i'm interested it makes me want to wait like i'm like mm. i'm just gonna wait until this is no longer being talked about then i will engage with it so yeah. i can just have my own experience i kind of did that with mass effect because <laughs> oh, there, right. there was a whole discourse with the mass effect 3 ending i was like okay i'm not gonna do that mm. and then I, I played the series maybe like last year or something the entire series and then i saw what everyone was discoursing about <laughs> and i was like i was like oh, i gotta talk to someone about this <laughs> guys can you believe this yeah hey, can we, you believe yeah, we, they got yeah. a weird space babe hey we're, we're a pro spoilers show it's fine <laughs> how do you feel about the fact that there are like 10 more live action star wars series coming there's what there's like so many maybe i'm telling a lie some of them are animated but there's a lot more star wars tv coming are you going to treat it the same way as mandalorian where it's just a matter of from the outside does this look interesting do I want um, to jump on I mean, this? I like The Mandalorian, so I'm probably going to watch the next season of that. Mm. I'd really like to see what your opinion is when they bring out uh, Kenobi. Because you haven't seen the prequels. Well, that's know, the thing. I heard the prequels were boring and bad. Which is why, which is what has kept me from watching things like uh, Clone Wars, which yeah. I heard was really good. I've heard that's good. So I've seen a few like, and I, I, I've yeah. liked what I've seen. I, I don't have time to devote myself to multiple series based on movies I, I don't really care about sort of thing are you sick of tatooine kind of yeah yeah there's gonna be a lot if you, if was, you keep was, watching I, star wars there's a lot of tattooing. I, I was watching you know boba fett and i was like oh we're here again yes yeah. <laughs> so we're just never leaving this sand planet here's huh? a question i had like because i watched uh, the, a little bit of jedi last night and when boba fett goes into what did you call it the meat hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that it like back when i saw it in the cinema it was just a meat hole Mm. Right. And then when they re-released, they had added like a little shop of horrors creature. There's a beak that that bites him. So it didn't make sense that he would be able to get out of there. Like it made more sense when it was just a hole in the ground that he could kind of climb his way out. And can I just say, from an evolutionary standpoint, taking a thousand years to digest something inefficient. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to do anything. It just sits there in the sand. I guess so. Right. Um, spoilers, by the way, did you, you watch Boba Fett? Yeah. Oh, okay. How funny was it that Boba Fett went back, found the hole, and shot it like shot a gun at <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> he, he like he like he like sticks his ship into it, and then when it when it grabs him, and he's like, "Oh no! How could this have happened?" <laughs> That's him through the whole show, being like walking into the most obvious traps possible, and then being like, "What? These these people who said they would kill me aren't trustworthy." <laughs> it was a mixed bag that one, but yeah. Can I tell you my favorite thing about um? the Boba Fett show was every week I was like what droids are they going to show me this is the droid show for me I can't wait to see it when when that little Tom and Jerry one with the with the uh, <laughs> the net trying to catch bugs I was like I yep. love this guy the, sh the chef robot with yeah. the with the blade arms I'm like out of the way Boba Fett Well, we're excited to have uh, <clears throat> studio directors, uh, Alex Layton and Ryan Cooper, back with us. Uh, yeah, good to be back. We've already talked a little bit about Star Wars on our episode with you guys, did, which is uh, out now. People may have heard it. Uh, but we were really excited to talk with you about uh, the Gendi Tartakovsky series or shorts mm. i don't even know what you call them uh, yeah series 25 episodes <laughs> originally a, they were short things yeah, yeah yeah i think okay, they're all they? still very five short minutes three to right? five yeah, yeah. That, that you right. can watch them all on youtube now mm -hmm. and it comes to yeah, about right. an hour yeah so it's yeah. sort of like a movie were, see, yeah one. and they were kind of there were seasons right like yep. they released a batch it was season one and season two and sort of bridging that gap between um was it attack of the clones attack of the clones yeah. and revenge of the sith yes 
right? <laughs> well, yeah, there's definitely a lot of Attack of the Clones references in it. So yeah. Have you watched them on Disney yet? Haven't seen it on Disney Plus, so they've compiled them all. It does all play as one, mm. and it's sort of harder to follow. Yeah, they're not. They're, it's not a. a, a it's not one cohesive. Story. No, yeah. They're very much yeah. like vignettes, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were kind of just made as interstitials, right? Yeah. yeah. For yeah. me, they were, um, you know, not being the biggest fan of the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember going through the toy aisles. And, you know, you're seeing all these new characters like, oh, what's he going to do? What's mm. he going to do? And then we watch the prequels and it's like, oh, nothing. Yes, yeah, stand around in the <laughs> background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's what they're going to do. He's on the board. Drilling stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, we got to, busters. you know, these little, these characters like Kit Fisto, yeah. you know, we, that you see in the background and then all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's getting to have yeah. his moment. Well, it was yeah. just, uh, not only that, it was like, as massive fans of Gendy, like when we were at animation college, Dexter's Lab and... You know, Powerpuff Girls as well was a big, mm. um, big influence on us. Uh, and then um, Samurai Jack coming along, his project after Dexter's. Yeah. And um, just, yeah, the action and the pacing and the design work, art direction, all of it was just so unique and new. Yeah. And, and showed, you know, just complete artistry, really, yeah. and, the, and the way it was made and directed. Eh? And then just well, Peter, think- like you say, he'd, he'd done Dexter and Samurai mm. Jack, which are kind of like both ends of the yeah. spectrum when yeah, it comes to what you're covering. Yeah. Like, you know, throwback, um, you know, super cartoony through to almost serious, you mm. know. Um, well, you, you can see bits of both because in yeah. Dexter's yeah. Lab, particularly in the TV movie that they did, there are like long segments yeah. of like, hyper-directed action yep. uh, with no dialogue. But then yeah. by the same token, uh, Samurai Jack also has a sense of humor about yeah. itself, especially and, with the bad guy. But what was, and Samurai Jack was like, you can already tell there was like, there was a bit of a training ground for Star Wars. Sure. Yeah, oh, well, there were even like, what was- Cantina moments. Yeah, Cantina like, moments. Well, I was just going to say like the homages and the references, like I think there's a line like, aren't you a little- short to be a blah 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 when Samurai Jack saves this princess I was like oh sure. my god Star Wars did pick yeah. up, you know yeah so to, to find out that he was going to be handling some Star Wars content was like of course massive like yeah. for, it was so exciting yeah well like uh, I didn't <clears throat> really connect with the characters <clears throat> in uh, the prequel trilogy <clears throat> you know the story goes that George Lucas wrote the film's first draft handed it in and that was the final script used for filming <laughs> but the way Gendy, uh, the way Gendy handled the characters by just going, okay, there's not going to be a lot of character interaction. We're not really going to learn a lot about them, but it's just going to be pure action. Yeah. Just watching these characters yeah, use their powers. That limitation, I think, of them being shorts, um, you know, for a lot of creators, like it's a fun challenge, I guess, you know, and, and to, to pull off something cinematic too, right? Like, you, yeah. you know, those, the episode with Mace Window. Oh, uh, I watched like some of that last night. on all the battle droids. Yeah. Yeah. And you finally get to see yeah. him do something just insanely cool. Like the crazy, it's, the punching of the robots and yeah. then the using the bolts of one to destroy the other. Yes. yes. Like, yes. holy. Well, Honestly. Yeah, Star Wars is so, so fun. It's always so good at like, um, implying something about a character. It's like, oh, this guy's powerful. Mm, that's right. How powerful is he? So the conversations we would have is like, you know, well, what can he do? And, you know, how far can he push it? And it's like, all oh, of a sudden these animated shorts came along and were like, mm. this is what he can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so doing interesting... Yeah, totally. Yeah. And doing interesting things with his style of directing, like, which is obviously, you know, like a lot of the, the greats, you know, 
Kurosawa and all those, you know, the whites, the, yeah. you know, and he, yeah. again, he's got that huge tank ship. I love that. And bit. then it's wide. We've got that kid on the hill watching the battle. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. they're just huge pylon boosh yeah, yeah. the ground and it makes that ripple massive across and, the and it, makes, it makes when do you know so all the fun. clones are being sucked into the um into the i don't know the impact zone of that uh of that thing he's he's running along uh, yeah. against the current he jumps over the wave yeah but to, he is tired because the second time around he doesn't do as yeah. well yeah right and i, I really liked that yes. it was like oh wow a human yeah. in a cartoon yeah. fantastic it, the, there was other cool things in it like um where it was the first on-screen appearance of General Grievous, too. So oh, he was, like, right. a big deal. Because they would have known he's coming. He's coming. Yeah. I guess similar to, like, the fact that they put Boba Fett in the holiday right. special because they had him ready yeah. for the next film. Yeah. Yeah. And his design was wasn't quite finalized, so that's why he's slightly different to what appears in the films, I think. Um was there a moment when Yoda brings down like a Star Destroyer or a huge like, I can't I, recall I think there's moments where they would kind of answer fan questions of like how powerful was Yoda like you said yeah. like, um, and giving us like hammerhead Jedis and all you know those things yeah, yeah. you well there was before. definitely do lightsabers work underwater yeah and they're like yes they do, <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when that came out we were in the basement right yeah where we started three of us. Yeah. so to try and catch it on Cartoon Network here in New Zealand on Sky TV was quite a mission. Yeah, um, they kind of played like they were ad breaks, like yeah, you know, just randomly through the day. Yeah, and we were were we doing the old school trying to tape it or something? Or um, I, I think we were like trying to download year, right? download on LimeWire or something. Or and then we, f- I think we found some sneaky, yeah. sneaky uh, sort of uh, pirated versions. Sure, um, and then yeah, and then eventually the DVDs came out which yeah that's how i ended up seeing it in dvd just as one big chunk yeah yeah Yeah, just i love the way that all the characters look because it's his design sense so fun absolutely so fun i was really disappointed that nothing else came of it like the fact that they did end up doing a clone war series but it was different people and it was cg i was pretty miffed like we, we were, were we, we were, were pretty down on the cg yeah because they kind of took his designs yeah. which are very angular and made to be drawn very stylized and yeah. sort of yeah. like they took all the sharp corners of his they design did. style and had to sort of soften them kind and of freaky. almost <laughs> weirdly was taking it personally as well right. like, yeah. <laughs> this is an attack on 2d you're yeah. kind of deleting his work by doing this well yeah, yeah. and and yeah. they've and kind of did for a while like oh yeah definitely. Were when people say star wars clone wars yeah, yeah, I've seen that, and they talk yeah. about the CG. Yeah, yeah, no, very no, much. Yeah, the 2D. Yeah, because yeah. oh. they were both called like, the same name. Uh, thanks for getting us this far. We'll take over. Yeah, and it was like, that no. era where 3D animated movies were just you know pushing 2D off the map. So uh, I felt like another concession, and they were yeah, desperately trying to make it work on TV because yeah. yeah. it happened theatrically. So now it's like, come mm. on, do on TV, and it's never quite worked. No. Like Star yeah. Wars, you know, like Clone Wars and Rebels. It's clearly found its audience, and, yeah. and yeah. I hear nothing but good stuff about it. Mm. Me personally, I'm I'm quite action to <laughs> TV CG, and I don't often mm. give it a chance. Yeah, that's you know, the problem though. It doesn't. Watching a bit of those Star Wars shows, I just began to notice that what they would do is to keep the lip sync from looking too robotic. <laughs> they would just have the jaw shift from one side to the other when it would settle. Yeah. And that yeah, that's yeah. what they would do every time. And Hilarious. if I'm noticing these tricks, it's taking me out of watching the yeah. show. Yeah, you know, yeah. whereas. Uh, the Gendy show, uh, the Gendy show, it has that style from Samurai Jack, which mm. fans have coined Hanna Barbanime, 
where it's like i hadn't heard that it's like a mixture of you know the strong design sense of like Hanna barbera and limited animation techniques Mm. but with like lots of cutting to make the action feel really impactful yeah just strong posing really like carried it and it didn't look cheap no that's no. the thing. Like, I'm, I'm sure it, it didn't cost more to make than the CGI. I, I, Absolutely. I was watching one of my favorite scenes. It's one of the few bits of comedy in the uh, the, the Gendy show where um, 3PO is meeting with Padme and Anakin mm-hmm. in like an alleyway. Yeah. And they say, oh, you look different. He says, it must be my gold plating. They go, oh, let's see. He says, here, now, in this neighborhood. <laughs> Disrobes and it pans up his body, his sexy new gold body. It's yeah. really funny. I think because Paul Ruddish, Rudish? Mm-hmm. Paul Ruddish. Yeah, it was of involved. Of the Mickey Mouse shorts. Yeah, so those, that, that, what, that C-3PO moment you mentioned yeah. is very reminiscent of his sort of His sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's and the type of almost stuff. inappropriate we're in, in uh, unexpected moments. Yeah, that, that, that's very much that flavor of the yeah. Mickey shorts too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just like you feel like they're getting away with something. I mean, when you look at the crew on that show too, because it is just the Samurai Jack so crew. So who, right? Yeah. There's Scott Wills and stuff like doing the, um, the you know, painted backgrounds and things. Yeah, like, so oh, beautiful colors. Like, amazing. I'm surprised incredible. Yeah. it hasn't led on to Gendy doing something live action Star Wars, whether it be an episode of one of the new series or a movie, because, yeah, you know, he's, weird, eh? he was brought in on like, Iron Man 2, like to storyboard the action oh, sequences, really? the best part of that movie. Like, it's like, imagine him and... Well, Dave Filoni, who is like one of the big guys involved in the, um, in the Clone Wars yeah. shows and Rebels, he has crossed over and characters yeah. from his series have crossed yeah. over into the Mandalorian his, show. Some of his episodes he's directed at the... Best ones as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. not often an animation director gets to play in live action, right? Well, like, it doesn't Br- happen. Brad Bird also made that jump Brad when Bird, he did yeah. um, it, it, Mission only a Impossible, handful, right? Possible, well, less yeah. than a handful, handful of people, I'd say. Yeah. Tim Burton would be another one. Watching the action in that show, I'm like, why isn't this guy being asked to do yeah. a live action? I mean, Star with Wars? all the content they want to make for Disney Plus, and yeah. think, you know, like you say, he yeah. could be a guest director, or you could give him a show to hand to showrun, right? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe. Do you not think he'd be wasted on live action though? Oh, uh, absolutely. Like, I yeah. think like, I'd rather watch his animation. Yeah, 100 agree. I'm just surprised it hasn't happened. Sure. Like Mandalorian of all things, it's like this western yeah he essentially I, did it already with um insane yeah you know. i would much rather him be making primal than more star yep. wars spin-offs because yep. we've seen all that stuff yeah. well, well we're sorted it. we're sorted yeah, for that pe- yeah. people are covering star wars yeah. but he's the only one doing primal primal is right? like so unique oh, and yeah. so it's just yes yeah, so needed it's primal yeah but anyway yeah star wars <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I, not about cavemen and dinosaurs but it could be yeah right? I, I yes i believe that some of the many new star wars shows that are coming are going to be animated okay but yeah. i wonder is it is it going to be more of the clone war stuff or will there be something different style wise i mean it'd be so cool if we just got to see all sorts of different the, styles like but it look obviously the, is it the bad batch yeah right it's in the it's Clone Wars styles. Yeah. There was those um, sort of anime ones that came out. Oh, those but, were really yeah, great. They were interesting. Yeah, yeah. They were interesting. There was a couple of them that were there. kind of duds for me and well, a couple that were It's yeah, an anthology sweet. series. That's I like, hit one dud and I'm like, I'm out! <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I really should go back and finish yeah, it. I, I like trusted you. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Once <laughs> again, Star Wars has like, fooled me to watch it. Yeah. The trend with Star Wars is starting to tire me out and is at 42 is that everything is connected to Skywalker yeah yeah, yeah. every single thing 
Yeah, I'd like to see, yeah, just something a bit separated, you know, like, and I think animation would be the perfect ground to be able to do some of that stuff. Mm. Like, um, and yeah, like Ryan said, it would be fun to see different styles of animation. Mark mm. Putty have a, have a little Star Wars show <laughs> idea that we'd like to do. Yeah. You yeah. guys did some shorts, Kappa Jala. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we did too. Yeah. yeah. Definitely short was you, you, Ryan, that came up with the concept, right? Like, I used to joke around because they, yeah, you know, say, Utini! Yeah, um, yeah. I was like, just throwing that into like a normal sentence. Mm-hmm. So then it became funny that it was like Northern English, sort of. Like, <laughs> right, hop in the back of the taxi, let's go, Utini! <laughs> and try and say it in different ways that just, you know. Um, and then the second one we made just came off the back of me losing my voice at an Armageddon and I had a real good like husky sort of tone I was like so we're like what if that was Jabba the Hutt but he was like a <laughs> British yeah, yeah, gangster what you bought for me let's have a look oh that's nice <laughs> lovely trinkets right there oh. well it, you know it kind yeah. of wouldn't hurt for uh, Star Wars to have a little bit of an injection of humour well you that's know? what we thought there's like it's, it's easy to just choose a pocket Tim actually came up with this like just follow a group of kids who are mucking around with droids. Mm. So yeah, Disney, we are available. Not to mention we did those little animated things before the Family Guy uh, Star Wars and oh, yeah. the Robot Chicken Star Wars. Right. So yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. Of the we did go. pave the way. Because there, there was a couple, there was a little period there where we got some comedy out of Star Wars. Um, you know, it was very Zucker Brothers-ish. I didn't watch Star Wars until I was in animation college and I knew that new ones were coming, yeah. which is why I watched them. <laughs> I had actually was i felt like i had seen the movies because so many things had parodied it (laughs) and like i was able to i I would do star wars parodies just through cultural (laughs) osmosis it's like everyone knew this movie without ever having seen it it's it's pretty man it's such a phenomenon eh? the family guy stuff just pointed out the things that we always discussed (laughs) like having no railings and stuff like (laughs) real lack of safety like um, my favorite gag is the guy on yavin like the dude with the binoculars watching the falcon come in and then he just does a pew 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 (laughs) just pretend pretend to shoot it down i was like oh god bless you've touched me right in my funny bone that one and I love the um, the robot chicken one um, when uh, Palpatine gets the call from Vader <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the way back from the Death Star. Like, Where, where's everybody? They're helping <laughs> a bunch of kids. Where are you? <laughs> oh my God, he's crying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, he's no, it's something about Papadame or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Star Wars has just been such an influence on us as filmmakers. I think I think for us, like off the back of uh, Samurai Jack, um, the Clone Wars kind of shorts just showed us how cinematic hmm. cartoons could be. Yeah, mm. it still felt like you know a heavy uh, focus on cinematography. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. it's like they, oh, and it, and you know while our stuff is while our stuff isn't that that those ideals and those sorts of like um, you know I yeah basically when we approach everything now we kind of approach it with that sort of like like we treat it like it's live action you know the things that you know all the live action things that inspire us because you know when the three of us met um star wars was our shared love yeah was like oh yeah well you know which isn't hard to find people i think (laughs) i think of like this the thing that that is kind of forgotten that of, of the generation of people who kind of grew up with the first three star wars like 
it encouraged it kind of made a lot of people get into movie making yeah. in yeah. their own way because it wasn't just the movies but also oh, they dude. always had like specials like behind yeah. the scenes yeah, yeah. I was just gonna how say, did they do it like when you see the, the Rancor getting the yeah. stop motion animation and the Torn Torns and the uh, the the Walkers the ATTs right ATATs oh. yeah the, we had a talk about this. At-ats. At-ats, right? at-ats. To a certain yeah. generation, it's at-ats. Yeah, yeah. Like, like for at least two years, Princess Leia was called Princess Leia. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like before Empire came out, we all called her Princess Leia. And then all of a sudden, we were told, oh, it's Leia. That's because what? That's because Peter Cushing, the English actor, yeah, that's he how called, he chose he to pronounce that Leia. name. Yeah, yeah. Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, like King Lear? <laughs> but yeah, definitely seeing um, the little nuggets we got to see because it wasn't you know we didn't have access to a lot of the behind the scenes movie magic. That's right. It was stuff, stuff that got put on TV at Christmas time and things. Like yeah, that. you were lucky to catch it, and then it was just uh, you. I don't know the fizz or the the, the 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 excitement of seeing how this thing was made. Yeah, yeah. because you, you could understand by people, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and because they're, so, they're such magical, big stories. And you well, know, like, as we know now, it's like that, just the hero's journey. It's been, you know, it's all mythology. It's, the, you know, um, which in, in itself is just a really cool aspect of the story. Like those classic stories just getting retold. Um, and like so many people reach for that, for the hero's journey yeah, and Joseph Campbell's, sure. you know, monomyth and think that that's a blueprint to make a great story. There is something to be said for the creative team who made that story Absolutely, work man. because I've seen a thousand stories about a hero's yeah, journey just yeah. flat. You can have that, that those bones there, but it's, yeah, how do you flesh it out and how do you make it unique and different and, you know, what other inspiration do you bring to the table? And Lucas was like that, you know, like his world building, um, his mythology, and, it, you know, it wasn't just carbon copy of things before like he was sort of piecing together other th- you know you'd get vader with his samurai like hat and yeah. the kurosawa again you know the seven samurai stuff the jedi myth and all the these ideas yeah just bringing it making it its own thing with these yeah. weird names and yeah you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and like it's an everything the world and... building is <laughs> the world building that he did is what excited us yeah it felt, felt and then we get excited when we're developing our yeah. worlds and it's like oh you know beautiful bandits it's like who lives under the ground it's like glowworms and then we find our own little mm-hmm. pockets mm-hmm. and it's like yeah again different to Star Wars but um, yeah it seemed like back in the day um, like ev- every film like they, when you watch movie magic mm. if they talked on talked about somebody who'd worked on Star Wars, mm. they'd always say, and they worked on a little independent movie <laughs> called Star Wars, you know, because it was just so big, mm. yeah. right, that, that like everybody heard about it and everybody yeah. loved it. So I think those sort of like, um, those sorts of films happened because of how surprising they were. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't think we're surprised by anything now. You can go along and see something and go, wow, that was really good, but you're not like, <gasps> This introduced me to a world, or this introduced me to yeah. something that I I didn't expect this to be that. Like yeah, you know, yeah. we kind of all it's like good effects, tick, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I expect that these days, and you know, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, mean, I not to be down on uh, computers and computer effects, yeah, but we can almost realize anything in a computer, and it's it's not not impressive because it, it is an artist yeah. to make it, but they've done such a good job. Yeah. that we've all become complacent with that stuff. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. like, yes, a dinosaur. 
Of course yeah, you can yeah. make a dinosaur, <laughs> yeah. and it looks like it is alive. I have come yeah. to expect dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've wandered <laughs> away from tangent, Star Wars. Tangent, tangent, tangent. <laughs> but that is what we do, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right. Thanks, cool. guys. We're really excited to have uh, Lanny Booten and Becky Quick with us on the pod uh, to round out our our Star Wars special. Yeah. We're having two non-Star Wars fans. No, but they do. Now, this is the thing. There's a very special Star Wars connection with both of you, right? Uh, yeah, Star Wars stole your birthdays. How dare they? George Lucas owes you so many birthday presents because both of your birthdays are May the 4th. Yes. May the 4th was annexed by Star Wars fans because of the wordplay, May the 4th be with you. So do you guys remember a time when May the 4th wasn't a Star Wars day? Yes. Right. I want to say 15 years ago. Right. There was no we such thing. We were in the yeah. clear. Yeah. yeah. Since then, yeah. it's just been gaining popularity. What do you think, Lenny? <laughs> I think since having a Facebook account, it's just gotten worse and worse. Yes. Um, so my, my thing is that I will ban and block anyone who says, may the force be with me on my birthday. Right. I like um, it. Ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say social media definitely made it worse for me. Yeah, yeah. as with all things. <laughs> oh Yeah, I would say definitely um, social media has been the thing. Um, it, 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 that's also kind of been the thing that's made Star Wars fans be a little bit more like toxic. And especially with the new films as well in the last number of years, I think. Yeah. It's just mm. been so present on everyone. It's probably why Lenny and I just hate it even more. Already hated it. Already <laughs> wasn't interested. Because now what you see from the from the outside is, oh, it's a bunch of nerds yelling at each other. And <laughs> yeah, my one is better. No, your one is rubbish. And then it's, it's, I, I find, because I've only seen one of the films. And oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm going to tell you which one it is, and you're going to say, well, that's why you didn't watch any of the other ones. Right, right. So you, can you guess which one it is? Uh, the Last Jedi. No. Okay. I reckon it's one of the prequels from like the 2000s. Yeah, I don't even. Lenny, do you know what a prequel is? In the, I just know that there are Star Wars films. <laughs> Becky, did you see The Phantom Menace first? I don't even know what it was called. It's the one with Jar Jar Binks in it. Yeah, that's, that's it. And so everyone's Phantom response is that's yeah. why you didn't watch anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a very healthy attitude to have. <laughs> if you go to see a series of films and you sit down and see one and go, This isn't for me. But you've been to. Star Wars Land? I have been to Star Wars in Land Disney in Parks? Disneyland, yeah. And by the sounds of it, it was pretty... Incredible. It was actually really incredible. So, I mean, Disneyland is really good at putting on a show. Like, they're really good at the details, the minute details. So that's why I really appreciate it, is that you walk in there and it's total immersion. Mm. I haven't seen the films. I don't really know much about it. But yeah. I was just like, I'm no longer on Earth. I am in this little star place. Yeah. Uh, everything, the details are incredible. they got actors walking around, like, right down to the design of, like, the drinking fountains and the door handles. Like, they just want you to fully believe that you're no longer in in Anaheim yeah. and it's really 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 incredible yeah. it's so incredible I've so from what... a world building perspective I thought it was magnificent oh, I yeah. didn't know what the hell I was looking at that's what I want out of a theme park is yeah. I want a theme and I want to feel like that's I'm, it. I'm in some other world um, Lanny what is your relationship <laughs> if any to Star Wars have you seen any Star War <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen The Phantom Menace and, you know, obviously I posted in the Slack in relation to this podcast kind of being a bit of a shit poster um, about my first ever date to The Phantom Menace. And then you were like, yeah, that sounds like a good story to tell. I, I sat there and I thought about the story and I was like, oh man, this is actually a lot to unpack. Okay. Um, it's very on brand. So yeah, I was, let's see, it was in 1999, so I was 15. Um 
but if it makes people feel more comfortable legally, I was 18. Um, and my, boyfriend, my boyfriend was, uh, again, if, you, if it feels more legally comfortable, 18, but he was definitely 22. Um, and so I, I met this guy on the internet in an IRC room. And for those who don't know what IRC is, it's like Discord only... I would say that whether you're talking to a pervert is more of a coin flip rather than a given. <laughs> and for whatever reason, my parents were just like, hey, you want to go meet this guy? Get on a train, go do it. Like, totally sweet, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I lived in a rough area of the UK. I lived in Birmingham. And my mom used to go to sleep with like a machete under her mattress. Oh and like this incredibly... <laughs> incredibly safety conscious and, and then in like, the morning just sent you off weirdos. to a man <laughs> yes yeah like she did she didn't even give me like a courtesy shank or anything she was like, yeah, you, you go, go hop on the train have a good time we'll, we'll see you for dinner um so yeah I, I went all the way to it was actually a place called stockport which is in manchester and if it was a color it would be like a smoker's lung i think <laughs> very just just very depressing um awful awful place um so yeah i rock up at the train station and he's there now i just to keep in mind like i didn't know what this guy looked like because there was not really any way to share a photo sure. so i was just taking the word that this was like a, a 21 22 year old person showing up at a train station to take me on a date to the movies <laughs> So, so another thing I feel like I should bring up about this person is that he had some sort of disease, which meant he was probably going to be dead by 25. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This is um, the worst and best story I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this entire relationship was, like, hard mode. Hard mode first ever relationship for me. It was, like, internet guy's going to die in a couple of years. So, yeah, to be honest, I don't remember very much about the film. I remember Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Um, I guess in hindsight, like going to a movie is the worst first date you could possibly hope for. Yeah, I've heard that because you're not talking to <laughs> each other. Next to each you're other. just sitting next to each other, ignoring. And what hours. if one person loved the movie and then one person hated the movie, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it was like, I think two hours or something. Sitting through a two hour movie of that was just abysmal. Um, yeah, and then the movie was over, and I kind of remember just having a real shit time. And I was just like, I, I don't really want to do this again, ever. Um, so, so then like the whole social media thing of the may the force be with you kind of crap started up and i created this rule more because like i just i don't like star wars i have not watched any beyond then and to me it's like you know my birthday is only special to me i suppose but for someone to come up to you and just say may the force be with you on your birthday like just really sucks it's like come on it's it would be such an annoying like gateway to then constantly have to have conversations about star wars like mm. someone says may the force be with yes. you you say i don't like it and they go oh but why and they want to I'm talk about right. star wars i say and also with you and then i leave <laughs> and then i try to exit the conversation <laughs> the first person who received the block band was that boyfriend about a year later i'm proud of you and i remember i remember the phone call which was like three hours of me sitting on like a landline phone just sitting in the hallway in silence while he was just going on about something i didn't care about and i and then he said it and i was like you know what i i don't think i like this anymore and i just hung up and it was it well, i was done it was, it was done. Right. nice um, nicely done yeah. <laughs> it's it's 
awesome that you realized I have the power to opt out and I'm taking that option. Goodbye forever. Especially so yeah. young. People don't you do that so young. You know what really sucks is that my mom was real sad. Like she was like, but he loved you. It was like, he was, he was 22. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> child. Mom needs to unpack some things. How, how, how in love could he have been if he didn't recognize that you were not here for this conversation about Star Wars or whatever? Yeah, he did try and redeem himself by, so, so in the UK there were some uh, movies that were banned. It was illegal to own them on VHS and one of them was Brain Dead. Um, he had a massive collection of like illegal movies that he tried to redeem himself by showing them to me. I feel like going from Phantom Menace to like Brain Dead and watching that whole like ear falling into the soup scene, like while while a dude is trying to make out with you is just it, it was the worst. It was absolute worst. The, the, the vibes sound fucked. <laughs> I'm so glad you opted out of that one. Everyone has to have some horror stories though. Yeah. And if anyone's wondering, he is dead now. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we've been speaking ill of the dead this whole time. <laughs> you know what's something I thought about like with that is like imagine knowing that you're going to die in like three years or whatever and like the last Star Wars you, you finish your life on is the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think he was hanging out for like Attack of the Clones? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like I know that you, you don't like Star Wars, but I know that you have gotten into Star Trek. Right, a lot. Right. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but so you, you're not a teetotaler when it comes to science fiction. Just not Star Wars. Not at all. Yeah, and to be fair, I did try watching one of them, and I just I don't really know what the big deal is here, mm. so I'm not going to persist with it. Yep. Um, I did my best. I tried. <laughs> you gave a shot, and it wasn't for you. Like, what more could be asked of an yeah. audience? I'm such yeah. a teetotaler with sci-fi that I'm I'm a massive fan of the Marvel films. And right, right. Like, like, really, really big fan. But I hate science fiction so much that they could be halfway through a sentence and go to space, and I will tune out. So I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Right. Uh, a lot of Thor I tuned out. Wow. I just, I just, my brain just goes, I can't buy this anymore. And yeah. I stop, I stop. Did, did the word galaxy not give you a clue in the title? <laughs> I th- everyone was like, Vicky, you like it. It's real funny. You like funny things. And so I watched it in <laughs> Galaxy too much for me. Well, I mean, it's funny you bring up a date, uh, Lanny, because I think that most of my interactions with people who are fanatic about Star Wars has been guys that I was going to date or they were flirting or whatever it was. It's always within the romance kind (laughs) of zone. And when they find out I don't like Star Wars, I just get preached at about why I should like it. And they're like, I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to make you watch the films and we're going to watch them in this order and you're going to like it. So first of all, red flag. (laughs) Secondly, like, if if that's the only thing, if that's your red flag, that I don't like Star Wars, then that's sad. It is is like being, it is like talking to someone who's part of, like, a religion. Yeah, Yeah, And they're like, well, I'm going to show you why this is the way. Yeah. And it is a slightly, like, uh, annoying thing to do yeah. to when you find out someone hasn't seen one of your favorites to go, well, I'm going to make you watch them. Yeah. And our re- friendship or relationship is conditional upon I know on this it. thing yeah. that, like, from in my mind is just a movie. Yeah. And there's many movies, there's you know? Like, there movies. are a lot of other movies you can watch. Yeah. So it can't, you can't hinge a relationship. I, and if, if you're going to, then that's really good information for me to back out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to think that... Um, Star Wars has many different kinds of fans, but all the people we've talked to on the podcast about the different parts that they love about Star Wars have been guys. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the two people we have mm-hmm. to bring on who are not so keen on it are, are women. I'm completely unsurprised by this. Yeah, my yeah. experience with Star Wars fans is completely unsurprised by this. Thing. Yeah, She's no, Star Star Wars like fan. I know plenty of yeah. like, girl Star Wars fans, but, but but definitely they're gentler about like, it. I want to go out on a limb and say they're yeah, gentler. Yeah, probably, they're like, oh, if you don't yeah. like it, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Sometimes they're like, I watched it with my boyfriend, and now I like it. That sitcom, How I Met Your Mother, uh, which I'm. I watched when it was new, but I'd be very worried about going back to it because I do yeah, not know how well it's, it. uh, like, right. re- relationship politics have changed. Like, yeah. one of the characters is a pickup artist. Like, just yeah. is. Yeah, oh, he's a predator. He's, yeah. And um, I know that, like, there there's an episode where the premise is that the boys are introducing one of their girlfriends to Star Wars for the first time. And, like, he's watching her like a lab specimen. Yes, this is what every boy wants to do to me. It's really weird. They want the honor of introducing me to Star Wars. It's gross. Yeah, Wow, it's so funny because it's like, have you heard of Star Wars? It's like, yes, I've heard of Star Wars. (laughs) It's this little film franchise that might not make it. You've got to give it a chance. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it is part of their business model. Like, we're selling you the identity of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. It's funny that, like, Star Trek fans get pretty fanatic. Red alert. But there's like a name for a fanatic Star Trek fan. There's the Trekkie. Yeah. But there yeah. is no name for the fanatic Star Wars oh, fan. Oh, is there but not I mean, a nickname? Although I think in in, in a, a, a census that was taken somewhere. Oh, right. You know, Jedi was uh, like 4% of the population for religion. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. Right, yeah. That. You don't have to marry yourself to a franchise. Even mm-hmm. if it's a franchise you really enjoy... At the end of the day, it's IP owned by a big company. Yeah. And they just want your money. And yeah. that, yeah, no, you got to tap out if it's not for you. Get, get mad about Absolutely. Get mm. mad about it online. That's a strange thing to do. I can understand I if you're getting mad about something, if experience limited representation of yourself. Mm. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of something I wanted to briefly touch on. That original film, I think just because of George Lucas's limited perspective as a, you know, young white filmmaker, that original film is entirely populated with white people. And the interesting thing about it is it's not Earth in the future. It's set in a galaxy far, far away. Mm. It's, it's completely removed from Earth and our history. So what does it say that the space fantasy was just uh, white people? Yeah. So yeah. he made an effort in the next one. What The new main character they introduced was Lando Calrissian, a yeah. uh, black man, became part of the gang. Yeah. And then they tried... Uh, in the new films, they made like a concerted effort to introduce uh, an Asian character because, again, it had to be asked like, but these people, there, the... there are no Asians in these films. Yeah, right? mm. but these these people that represent different communities are always the biggest targets of hate online. Really yeah, to the yeah. point where they've had to leave social media because they've been bullied so much. And so, yeah. what does that yeah. say about the fan base that we don't want anyone who's not white, not male, yeah. on our good? Glorious Star yeah, Wars, especially you for um, what, uh, you, Ke- what's her name, Kelly Marie Tran. Yes, yes, yeah. Like the way she was yeah. treated was unbelievable. She's just an actor yeah. that wanted to go and turn up and do a good job. I know. Yeah, right. which at she the end of the that. day, she just wanted and, to go. Uh, and, like yeah. we we talked about this yesterday. I, we saw that film and yeah. like didn't get where all the hate was yeah. coming from. Oh, it's and just I still she's, don't. It's just because she's Asian and they they want. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. had the same thing with like Game of Thrones. Anytime someone was like, "Where are the Asians?" They're like, "No, it's based in." Northern England, but there's dragons. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like Game of Thrones, like Star Wars, is not set it's not, on it's Earth. It's not on Earth. It's so not real. So you can set the rules at whatever you want, and it's telling that you've decided to do yeah, it that way. Even in your most fantastical worlds, it's yeah. still, you know. Well, Another reason why I don't like it. Hey, Lenny. <laughs> I just, yeah, I didn't like the puppets. I'm sorry. I think you're just crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so, uh, there, there are people out there who, who were, were weeping with joy in the new film when Puppet Yoda came I back. I know, I know. Because I know. they're like, at last, he's a puppet again. Yeah. 
<laughs> you want to know something that I think men don't realize is super, super cringe is when they do impressions of Yoda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm shielding my face because I, I mean, may have done what I was yeah. <laughs> Yoda's not sexy. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, you especially do not want to be doing an impression of Yoda like while you're in the middle of this. Is it the Wookiee, the other one that everyone tries to do? Oh, yeah, the Wookiee. Yeah, call. see. The one that, the, because I, I'm a slightly uh, uh, different age, Growing up for me, the big movies that was, everyone was talking about were the Lord of the Rings films. Right. And I swear to God, every Smeagol impression is the same. Yeah. And it's not even a good voice. You're just using a lot of spit. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's really true. Yeah. People trying to do bow bow is the best. Oh, yeah. Does anyone on this podcast want to try a bow bow? I mean, I'll give it a crack. Yeah, go on. Oh, it's me, Bow Bow. <laughs> that's that's you captured the Australian twang. That's boy boy. <laughs> so good. That's, and that's exactly how you've got to start with the ah. Yeah, yeah. you got to you got to start straight up the nose. That's your entry into the yeah, voice. It's it ah. great. <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. Well, thank you yeah. so much for joining. We, we, we... Uh, happy birthday to you both. Thank you. Yes. Um, thank you. As a final note, I, I, I want to sort of like justify why I block and ban people because I give people an easy out. That's, I but believe yeah, that just, too. If they're sick of me, if they're sick of me, they just have to say May the 4th be with you and then we can just part ways, <laughs> no drama. It's just like, bye. I have an understanding. All right, well, thanks so much for coming and talking with us and adding some, uh, I think, much-needed perspective from the outside. Mm. Yeah. I hope that the, our Star Trek... Red alert. Oh, yeah. stop it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see who your true color is coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope the Star Wars fans listen to this. Uh, we'll take something away uh, about how we could possibly be better fans to yeah. people who who don't have an interest in respecting that lack of interest. I think I just need to find something equally nerdy to push on anyone who's like that. Go for like it. Like maybe like a collection of toenails, maybe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just get them to enthusiastically look at that for like 10 hours. But and you have to look them. at the really funny toenail though, because then you'll really like it. <laughs> and then they have to listen to your impression of a toenail. If you look at, if you look at number four and then number three <laughs> and number one, then you're going to love these toenails. And there you have it. Whoa. Another May 4th on the books. Another May 4th on the books. A lot of Star Wars under the belt. I don't know if we're going to do this again. Oh, do you know what? I'd like to, but let's see. (laughs) I mean, maybe in a year's time I'll feel differently, but having just (laughs) recently done all the editing for those different talks, it was a lot. Yeah, a lot of talk. But it was a nice, uh, good way for um, a lot of uh, voices that will be coming up on the podcast, but we may not have heard already. That's that's part of the secret sneaky plan. Ah. Uh, getting all these people to come and have a you know nice informal chat about Star Wars. Maybe they're going to want to come on the pod. Yeah, they got something to say. Yeah, and they were all they were all excellent guests. Um, and this was easily our longest uh, episode to date. Uh, we hope you appreciated the uh, change in format. We hope that was interesting. All good. <sighs> what else is there to say? Well, uh, uh, mate, this is. May the fourth be with you. This is the way. <laughs> uh, except Becky and Lanny, you are exempt. Yes, yes. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Joshua Martian. That's my name, Joshua, and the word Martian, M-A-R-T-I-A-N, or see my art on Instagram at Joshua Martian underscore art. And um, I'm on Instagram too, and at Sicky Fondue. That's S-I-C-K-Y-F-O-N-D-U-E on Instagram. 
And you can find Muck Putty on all your favorite social media sites. That's M-U-K-P-U-D-D-Y. That's, that's all for this episode. Uh, please stay tuned for more conversations with the amazing talent from our studio and beyond. So until then, keep mucking around. Uh, uh, may the fourth be with you. And, and so on. And all that stuff. Okay. <laughs>